1: Well, Boxhead, we are back and after another insane round of NRL football. Certainly not lacking uh, drama and plenty of incidents on the field, that's for sure. It's a crazy time of the
0: year, isn't it? We're looking at origin sides and wow. changes and the fallout from game two, and coaches are into each other, the referees are in crisis. It's just. It's a perfect day to be a journalist, mate.
1: But I'll tell you what, there were some shit calls on the weekend, Brock, mate. There were some absolute shit calls. There was, yeah. Unfortunately, it involved some of the Origin referees heading into all, all Game three. 3.
0: All three. All yeah, three, they were saying. So. Yeah. yeah right.
1: Wow. Well, Plenty to talk about. Basically, uh, we're not going to do our Origin preview. I'm sure a lot of people would have been probably expecting it for this one, but seeing it is a whole week away, the Cleary thing is not sorted yet. As far as injuries concerned, we don't know if Tarek Sims is going to pass his charge. We'll do our preview, obviously, once yeah, things are more settled and closer to the game. Plus, there's going to be a whole lot of hoo-haw and bullshit in between now and then. So
0: yeah, Kevin's back to not saying New South Wales. Yeah. Flog.
1: Next Monday will be our full origin preview, along with our, uh, I guess, preview of round 17, even though it's a bit disrupted. Tonight, we'll be doing our set of six, reviewing the games from the weekend, looking ahead to the shortened round. There'll be no power rankings, as we spoke about before, also, until we move back to normal rounds. And we've got fan questions back tonight. And I just had a look, even with the late post up, there's still an absolute shitload. Super. <laughs> Brock's so happy about that. Mm. <laughs> righty, I love the fans, but fiends. I don't
0: like questions.
1: Set of six, head kicking off. We will talk about those origin sides in tackle one of our set of six, New South Wales, no changes. Uh, probably the only real thing that's come out of it, and a lot of people have blown up in journals, as they do best, are beating the drums that David Klemmer didn't find his way back into the side. Um, obviously- I'm surprised he wasn't called into camp. I thought he at least would have been in camp. but They're mm. saying tonight, obviously, that if Sims doesn't beat the charge, which we both assume is not going to happen, given the edict by the NRL last week about hitting playmakers late that he has.
0: But Newcastle play this weekend, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: Snowflakes so, chance in hell. Of...
0: Yeah, but Nathan Brown might have said, well, listen, let me keep him, and if Sims is out, we'll release him, just because he probably wants him to prepare for the, the game this weekend. That that now makes sense to well, me, I so I'm not, or, I'm not surprised. If,
1: if Sims does get off... And Clemmer is out of the squad. Well, I don't think Sims is going to get off, but I don't think Sims' is best chances are down great. But I was only going to say, just for Newcastle this week, if they have Pierce and Clemmer, like they did on the weekend, even though they've lost, they'll have lose Glasby and they play without Ponga, that's a big in for it's them to chance. play the Warriors this weekend. That's a massive in. <laughs> um, but no surprises, really. Uh, I think the only thing that kind of surprised me was they've said now no Pierce in the squad. They're going to see what happens with the Cleary thing, which I still can't believe that he's somehow going to play. Um, But if that is not the case, they're going to start with Wade Graham and bring Clint Gutherson on as the utility. Clint Gutherson has had a great year at fullback. I think he's a good footballer. He's all energy. He's happy to do the dirty work. Can play center wing fullback and probably six at a pinch, but I'm also quite surprised after Ryan Madison has been the 18th man twice and can play center back row and middle end of the halves as well that we didn't replace like for like as far as the utilities were concerned. Um, I also yeah. think it's just strange more so on the fact, like, again, he I'm just was, surprised he was eighth man for two games. Yeah,
0: Clemmer and Pierce were the two obvious ones, I think, mm. that I would hate had him. Otherwise, I agree totally. Mm. But Freddie Kidd to the same side. They won by on the 30 flip, points. And
1: everyone arguing about the Clemmer thing, I love David Clemmer as well, and he was excellent in game one. But if you win by 36 points and the only try you conceded was a penalty try, coming back to New South Wales, clearly they feel they're going to give the opportunity to the 7 and that did the job for him and Clem will be straight back in next year if he's healthy yeah. and playing good football I just think for this game like you said they had a hot hand they tore him to shreds the other night and they clearly want to give everyone that chance to finish the job Yeah. So, and by the sounds of David Clemmer it. As we said yesterday, we heard him on the radio. He didn't sound all that disappointed. I'm sure deep inside of he stands, him. He understands. But he definitely forth. sounded like he understood the As
0: soon as he went out of the side and, and the other boys came in and they're now fit and did the job, same as Payne Haas. Like Payne Haas didn't do a lot wrong in yeah. game one.
1: But again, he, he's, he's now only, fit. He's only first game on, so.
0: Get it. But still, yep. you know, he, he can make the same argument there. So, yeah, pretty, yep. pretty straightforward for New South Wales. Queensland, on the other hand.
1: Queensland, a couple of changes. Uh, Jared Wallace. And Dylan Napa Napa surprises me Given the axe, I think Napa Given the way he played in game one And the lack of depth in the front row Surprised me I'm with you on that I definitely would have brought back Hen Gowie After his game one performance And I definitely would have brought in Christian Welch But I more would have done it At the price of the two guys They had on the bench Because I thought that Jared Wallace and Tim Glasby In all honesty Don't offer a whole lot of impact Or leg speed And I would have rather had Those other two guys Clearly uh, come into the side On the bench there The other one is obviously with Ponga being ruled out, they brought in Corey Norman and Kevy's having a flog fest tonight, trying to play it off like he doesn't know what he's going to do with the side. I think it's pretty obvious. You're not picking Corey Norman to play fullback. No. And they didn't bring in Kyle Felt, so they're clearly not going to reshuffle the back line like I would have. I would have picked Felt on the wing, pushed Gagai into the centres, put Morgan into six and put Munster to fullback because I think you've actually got a real centre... Yeah. Playing in the centres, you've got a genuine winger who helps out in yardage and you still but get better set starts.
0: Going player. back to the theory that we've both got, who's a better player, Felt or Norman?
1: Oh, well, it depends what Norm. position. It's Norman. Norman's a better player, but yeah. again, if your forward pack doesn't go so, forward.
0: So I think Kevy's probably going with the argument, just get your best players in and just find a jersey for them. Well, I think the, the logical one is they're going to move Munster to one.
1: Yeah, the whole talk about Norman He can being piss there. in the
0: wind as much as he wants yeah. and fucking play it off like he it's does. Dumb. It's just... Creating more speculation and it's you're like trying to distract people who just—it's plain as day. It's plain and as a
1: nose other, on his face. The other talk was in buyer to center, which is silly. Which is another guy who I hasn't get played it, enough center. be good
0: defensively, good from defensively, Morgan but he's not going to. And not going to um, make line breaks or offer an offensive threat. So I guess if they're looking at the conditions. I can see why they put them by there from a defensive perspective. They should be trying to go out and win the game. they have already They've played no Morgan there.
1: twice, though, so I don't know where you make that change now. But it's logical. Munster yeah. goes there. Munster offers a set start, tackle breaks, a bit of disruption that they didn't get out of Cowan Ponga. And the big thing we've said year in, year out, why they're usually a bit underdone in the forward pack and they usually match us, the biggest thing for them is yardage. Well, we spoke Munster. about it
0: over dinner. Munster's yeah. their best chance to get their set started on, on a good note. Because... He's ineffective when he's playing behind a pack that's not going forward. So at least so he can try and start the sets, and then create some space for whoever does play in if the If he's hub.
1: effective, Gagai Norman, and Oates. if
0: Norman goes to six, Norman's not going to be effective if their forward pack's getting murdered. No,
1: but like you said, on the flip side, if Munster starts the sets off better than what Ponga did, and I'm sure he will, as far as he's willing to have a toughie, a tougher carry, uh, that'll get Oates and Gagai more involved into the game and get them a better play the ball to play off because they had rare opportunities in game two to get going forward. Ponga obviously did all he could, but they did a great job bashing him, whereas Munster's more a physical carrier back. I think he's able to make more out of a shit situation than what a Ponga would in that situation yeah. on kick return. So... Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of rocket science to that. He's going to be the one. If Norman goes to one, I would think that New South Wales are very, very likely to win this game.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, Welsh in. I agree with that. Yep. Wallace out. Narpa won't surprise me, but yeah. they're going to have to get off Ringewe back in.
1: Napa for Glasby. I know Glasby does a great job defensively, but at the same time, if you're getting guys off your bench, you're looking for him.
0: Napa's mate. got more upside.
1: Yeah. yeah. Narpa's starting and but getting Glosby's violent.
0: Solid, More solid, But you yeah. bring him
1: off the bench. He does make an impact. He's maybe, solid Napa,
0: maybe he's just had enough of Napa's inconsistency. Well,
1: I think Wallace's games have all been dog shit, so he's probably oh, put Wallace, himself yeah. in a hard situation. But
0: They almost had to pick Wallace with the injuries they had.
1: Yeah. Not, well, not,
0: not really. They should have picked Welsh, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not a, not a whole lot of disagreements. And again, the, like the other changes, what other changes do you make? Like we said, there's not enough depth there for Queensland no. to make a lot of those decisions. So uh, no big problems there. Tackle two. Uh, the point we have here is just player movement. Obviously, there was a fair bit of talk heading in that there was going to be plenty of player movement. A couple of moves did not happen. There was talk about Flanagan going early to the Roosters. Obviously, if you're Cronulla, very, very smart to knock that on the head given their position this year on the ladder and Sean Johnson's injury problems. That didn't happen, but still looking likely for next season that they'll get him. And the other big move that didn't happen was Tyrone Peachy back to Penrith. Yeah. That didn't eventuate. But there were still a few late moves besides the ones we talked about last week. Jaden Sewer is linked back up with Wayne Bennett at South. So he's got uh, away from the Brisbane side of things there. And then on the flip side, South Sydney forward Reese Kennedy's headed the other way to link back up with Seabold, who signed him before he left and had him in the 20s at Melbourne. Francis Tooleau is another under-20s player that Seabold had at Melbourne who's been at the Bulldogs, so he's picked up two guys he's familiar with. Um, they've also upgraded Xavier Coates, that weapon center winger that we saw play Queensland 18s. And Corey Pay, mm. who, much like Dearden, is an 18, 19-year-old half that they're clearly looking at moving forward. Um, the other moves, I guess, was Wunger Blake was one of the late, late moves as well. Wunger Blake, yeah. So, yeah. I think immediately, cleared, that shocked me. And the Panthers have had a win, to be honest there.
0: Absolutely. Oh, surprise, a contract, I was surprised wouldn't want buy. Drink water him. as well, immediately.
1: Yeah, he signed already for Cowboys, though, 2020. Oh, had he? He'd already signed. Okay, so well, I think sense. Melbourne's last straw was kind of like, well, we can get players in now. And we can keep Harry Grant, that hooker, and lock a few in. Or we can hold on to somebody for the rest of the year, which I still probably would have, mm. just in case. Um, but I think he had already signed there. They wanted to give him the opportunity to play, so Drinkwater moved on. But great pick I like for the
0: Titans signing Sam Stone. I like Sam Stone. Well, it's a good um, young
1: player and an opportunity. He's still only 21-22, I think. Yeah. So that, that's a good opportunity. Um, as far as other ones, a couple of guys got upgraded. Obviously, Penrith upgraded a few players. And I think the only other one I saw late was Josh Curran, who made his debut early in the year for the Roosters. He's played all the junior rep teams, young back row slash middle. He's gone to the Warriors for mm. three years. So, uh, Peter O'Sullivan, ex-Rooster recruitment manager, obviously looking in his old backyard there and finding a player. Yeah, all over it. So, yeah, that's uh, some late player movement before the window. Tackle three, the George Burgess eye gouge. Uh, well, what would you make of it? It was a grub act, and I, I called... Josh McGuire, a grub, and I think he is a grub, but George <laughs> George Burgess, I'll go two steps. It's dumb. Because he's done it before. And it's grub. Like, you've you done it in the English tour in this off-season. I think he got four weeks for what he did there. Yeah. So straight away, we all know that rule. In the two years, if you have a similar offense, you basically double your loading. So if you got four, basically minimum, you should be looking at eight. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, I think this comes a lot more to just my own opinion of... <sighs> he hasn't been offered a contract his brothers are both locked in long term yep. he got offered to go to power he said he didn't want to go anywhere else he asked South, and apparently the word is and I'm no bloody bug in South that you have an opportunity to earn a contract and we're happy to keep you but you need to play good football mm-hmm. um, he's only been playing twenty twenty five off the bench I think he got pinned only a couple of weeks ago he hasn't been playing the best football Tom's clearly been playing better and George uh, Sam's obviously locked in long term but I, I think the frustration has got to him because I think by this point in time They've spent most of their money for next year. They've made a move for Roberts. He knew that Sewell was coming. So I don't think there's anything left for George. I think he knows that his only options now are NRL, which he doesn't want to go and The Parramatta door is probably closed. Mm. Or back to the Super League. So to me, not only was it a grub act, but I think it was a way out basically for the rest of the season. I thought it was just a... And if anything, I'd be more disappointed if I'm Wayne Bennett and the South team and his two brothers. But I'm also disappointed in Wayne Bennett for basically rebuking it or not even acknowledging the fact that he thought it. May or may not be an eye gouge. Like I know, coaches. Oh, he, should, he just should just come out. And don't say, look, condemn their players, but it was like, ordinary. Wayne, give yourself a fucking triple. Not
0: asking you to come out and smash him, but say it, it look, it was honest, unwarranted, um, silly. Move on.
1: He treated Robbie uh, Farish's face like look, a bowling
0: ball. I'm I'm shocked he wasn't sent off. Let's yeah. just leave it at that. I, you know, a lot of people. It's it's a massive talking point out of the weekend. I'd be shocked if he gets anything less than ten weeks. I think ten weeks would be around the mark. Uh, that I think he's going to receive. Well, with the loading, um, he's
1: a minimum eight, I think. If you go off what uh, they say, okay. that you doubled and the last one.
0: Because he's pleaded guilty, he'll get a downgrade on that. Any less than 10, I'd be shocked.
1: Well, again, I, I think even if he is back and they're in the finals, I don't. they'll be calling on him. I think his season's done, mm. regardless. And uh, as to what happens moving forward, does he go back to the Super League? Does he change his mind and take another deal here? The kind of money they were talking uh, like Parramatta were apparently willing to offer him 600,000 like, George is not playing the football that he was when he won the comp the other year no. in the grand final if Sam didn't have the story I think of the broken cheekbone and the years he put in I honestly thought on the night George was better Yeah, but at this point in time Tom is the better of the two twins George has obviously had some injury problems those hip issues etc but I think he's clearly frustrated and realised that the writing was on the wall and the other night was just a dumb grub act that is probably going to seem him for the rest of the year Yeah. Um, I'm with you if if that's not a send off for just blatant stupidity and treating a man's face like a bowling ball I don't know what is
0: it was well, poor my friend he tried to wear poor. Robbie
1: Farah as a glove yep and to say that there wasn't excessive force or a dance he was white knuckling he was pressing into his face yeah horrendous so, horrendous mate tackle four uh, <laughs> green versus McGregor how
0: yeah, good and the Sims late hit yeah. right. what would you think of the hit firstly
1: he made contact with the head it was late I I thought it was late but I didn't didn't think it was excessively late I know that he came into contact with the head and the first arm was wrapping motion but obviously he's come around the corner and he kind of jumped so I think he's got him in the head so he's in trouble he couldn't have done it on a worse week Mm. after the NRL just handed down an edict about crushing tackles and hitting halves late it's definitely not the worst I've seen
0: been way um, worse. But I he's think. put
1: himself in a bad situation. A lot correct? of the
0: replays are in slow mm-hmm. motion as well. You yeah. said that at dinner, well,
1: which is, is, which is a very, motion.
0: very good good point. Uh, but
1: I think. For I don't Paul think Green, he hit
0: him in the back. He hit him in the, no, in he got the him side. Uh, to I've me, it's a, it's a penalty on field. Oh, I think it's a sin bin because Michael Morgan had to go off.
1: How long did Adam Blair get for his shot the other week? Uh, did don't he get know. him in a week? When know. he smoked Roberts, whatever it was? But this is the problem. We.
0: I, th- I think it it doesn't make the competition invalid, but they're, they're like changing the rules now.
1: We're reactive. Yeah. It's, Sometimes it's rightfully like change, so. Changing
0: the rules and heightening penalties for certain things where you've had players do something worse and either not get charged or get much less.
1: Like a great two for In terms of a suspension petty, in the same
0: I competition, I think, yeah, I, I don't like it. I understand why they've done it. Uh, the tackle, I, yeah, I, look, I think it was late. Sinbin, because Morgan had to go off for a HRA and was later ruled out, I think that would have been enough. What What really concerns me is the fact that the on-field referees, the bunker, and then the ma- match review panel have totally different views on that incident because yeah. it was sent from the referees to the bunker. It was cleared. There wasn't even a penalty on-field, was there?
1: No, they're packed to scrum.
0: And that's then it. he goes to the match review and he's he's now going to miss a game. And he's I,
1: getting a grade too.
0: Yeah. I, I think he's got a case to get a downgrade. I think, I think that's his best hope. There's no chance of getting off. Like I
1: said, I, I think he's a snowflake's chance in hell and mainly because of the edict that came out this week. And
0: Nick Gabar's overseas, so he's, he doesn't even have the bloke that's been able to manipulate the system a little bit So to yeah. represent him.
1: Mind you, the judiciary is supposed to have been free of NRL influence, even if they do. Well, it do. is.
0: It is. It's a legal case, then. So,
1: yeah, it,
0: it, it goes outside the realms of what we're talking about. But if the argument get... is whether it's whether the charges received is worth worth uh, what the incident was. If he can get a downgrade, he will be able to play. I think you nailed it in what you said to start with that it's just the week, the week, has, the worst has, week has, just, has really justified the
1: sentence. And the flip side of that is like. Fofe has done some dumb stuff, but his crush tackle last week when he flopped in, I didn't think was like super, super intentional yeah. as compared to a Mitch Barnett. But he couldn't have done it on a worse week. Yeah. And when they went to fight it on the week where they've cracked down on it, rightfully so, cracking down on the crash tackle, I thought he had zero chance last week as well. So and
0: then Paul Green's Paul come in, in and
1: good on McGregor. We for you go, yeah, you go. Because my issue is Paul Green every single week's had a problem and yes the referee, uh, the referee's boss has admitted to a couple of mistakes but he's defended two grab acts by Josh McGuire then he's had a shot at Freddie Fittler after McGuire's dog shot at Maloney after that and like we said before coaches well, since the beginning would, of time how
0: long would Josh McGuire have got for that hit on Maloney if you compare the hit from McGuire <laughs> on Maloney in the last tackle of origin compared to the Sims one it's twice as
1: bad oh it was worse like he didn't, he, didn't uh, end up concussing he hit him, him on the jaw that was intentional
0: Swinging arm, yeah, deliberate, hit to the jaw. Like, Sims hits him in the head. Yeah. You could, you could argue whether it's deliberate or not. I don't think it was. I thought it I was... I thought the other one had more incidental. intent. Incidental, yeah.
1: More intent to harm.
0: I think Sims had an intent to hit, not and, to hit him in the, the head. And the fact
1: that Maguire's somehow dodged both the eye gouges he's dished out, even though they weren't as worse as the other two, yeah. still eye gouges, so... There's more for me, just hypocritical. If you didn't
0: hear it, go and go on watch the Paul McGregor press conference. He just—it's hypocritical—and just you him.
1: encourage your own player behavior. Like I'm sure internally, he might say, you know, something he needs to, to zip his mouth. But McGregor wow. was right to spray him That was great. He's coming up for the grub twice, <laughs> and it. he's had a crack at Freddie last week, and then he's complaining about, like I said, an act that yeah, he did get him in the head, and they are looking to protect ours. But I didn't think it was super intentional. I loved it. And McGregor said he should zip it.
0: Oh, so he's got sorry. a lot
1: to say, doesn't he? He bagged
0: Freddie last he bagged week. Bagged Freddie
1: last week. Talk about this. He just yeah. needs to zip it. He needs to zip it. Love it. I want That's to see fight? Angry yeah. ankle biting midget going after oh, big bald what. McGregor.
0: McGregor would just kick him in the chest, and that'd be the end of <sighs> it.
1: Spartan kick. Oh yeah. Oh, oh big time. Yeah. Flat kick straight in the like... chest. Wow. Well, yeah. All right. <sighs> Moving on to tackle five. Uh, just some of those incidents on the weekends. Well, we've probably covered most of them. Like, well, you've got right. George. Right, George. Is that a send off? Do you agree? A That's a send off. Dog and actors you can possibly get, as far as I'm concerned. Trying to use someone's face. As a hand warmer. So, yeah. Yeah. That's I a send off because it's not even like a forceful tackle or an act of rugby league. It's just an absolute grub act. So, that's a send off. Yep. Yeah. The other one, Sims, we just talked about. I, I didn't even think that was a send off or a sin bin. I think it was a penalty and maybe a referral.
0: I think sin bin, because Morgan had to leave the field and it was through his actions that made it. Well, we've return. talked about
1: this before that we feel if someone gets, you know, intentionally, for unintentionally for foul play, if he goes for a HIA, you go for.
0: Yeah, I know. think so. Um, the other one was there, the sin binning Yeah, James Caffey. Mate, I've he's, seen
1: worse work on a head on crazy, the ground. Man. And then start of the second half, the penalty count was lopsided. But Ashley Klein, like, what are you doing? It was a minute, <laughs> it was a minute 30 in. Two quick penalties on their line. No yeah. warning. And he's yeah, no, nah, you attacked his head. I'm like, I've seen, again, Maguire's two facial attacks and nothing barely been said. But that suddenly warrants him in getting sent to the sin bin. Yeah. And then it was not. Nah, it was all over his head and too many penalties. I'm like, we just come back from half time. It's been a minute 30. Like, are you looking to torch the game any worse than that? Luckily, it didn't have an effect on the outcome, really, but I thought that was just insane. It was. It brought Brisbane back into the game, and they didn't deserve to be in the game. No, they didn't. And the only other one we have left, and this is the one that shitted me on the weekend, was the Penny Terrapa one. I thought he swung that arm on Jordan Rapana's face all the way from Penrith to Blacktown yep. and smashed his nose in, and <laughs> I don't think they even got a penalty from memory on field.
0: Yeah, mental.
1: Oh, well, again, someone correct me if I'm wrong. I watched a lot of footy on the weekend, and it's... Been a bloody busy day as well for work, so I can't remember everything in all eight games. But from memory, he went for the HIA, and I don't even think there was a penalty. No, or maybe there was a pen. I don't know. Yeah, so, I, someone feel free to correct me, but I'm just saying. Watch I watched the game. It's, it, it, that, that's irrelevant, mate. It, that that, that irrelevant. was wound up like mm. that was a that's a swinging up, and now he's been charged again off the weekend where they get no result out of it, Canberra. Yeah. At the time, I think he's up for three weeks right. for a reckless charge. So I'm not even talking <laughs> careless like we're talking about Tarek Sims. We're talking reckless, which means you've – exactly that. You've come in with that intent and he's absolutely smoked him one straight in the chops. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, just a bit of inconsistency as we feel in those kind of areas and some of those uh, actions for tackle five. But tackle six and the last one here, obviously the big news over the weekend about the CTE findings in a couple of brains that were donated from former players, obviously in rugby league players. And the talk now that more players are going to donate their brains afterwards, which is fantastic because – I think a big thing that's overlooked that a lot of people don't actually understand is it's actually really, really hard to identify the severity of CTE or how bad somebody has it until they're actually dead and yeah. they cadaver and you can take the brain out At and the put moment. the dye in. So. Yeah. Um, James Graham who's one who's going to be a great case for that and I'm not trying to make light of it because he's had plenty of head knocks Peter Sterling Sterling said uh, that he'd be willing to I think Wendell Saylor joke the other day that they can take his but they'd probably reject it Mark Carroll said the same thing but, on the yeah, radio I think there's a lot of players and rightfully so that are going to donate their brains and I think it's only good moving forward for rugby league to continue to be on the front foot and mm. I stick by what I said to you earlier in the year when we talk about the protocols and the HIAs that I feel that even if you pass. A HIA like Isaiah Yo copping multiple knocks a couple of weeks in a row and then Penrith resting him I think was the right action. Yeah, you may have not failed, but you've suffered a head trauma. A head knock is a head knock. Mm.
0: Well, yesterday morning I was having a coffee, um, watching I think it's Wild World of Sports on before the Footy Show on Channel Nine and Melinda gainsford Taylor sort of got after the NRL a little bit, saying that there needs to be better protocols at junior level and I sort of thought. Do you know what the protocols are at junior level? Because she obviously doesn't. The, no. the protocols are exactly the same. Yep. The protocols are actually more stringent than what they are at the at, uh, at the NRL level. It, at school, if it's um, if it's in if if in, if in doubt, don't go back out. That's that's the rule, I mean, or one of the mottos.
1: Our older teams um, we had with you, anyone I pulled as the blue shirt was done. We never put a concussed player back on. No, I, generally, want someone's incoherent, yeah, or we're talking about or, protocol. Yeah,
0: our boys at um, Harold Matthews level this year. I know that if they have two HIAs, they're not they're, they're gone
1: for the year. The protocol at club football is if you get a head knock, you're done.
0: It's tighter than the NRL. It's tighter than the yeah, NRL. So, look, do your research before you make a comment. I thought it was poor because there's a lot of people and a lot of parents watching that, and my wife like mm. said, "Really, are there, are there no protocols at junior level." I said, her, "They're much tighter." So I just thought it was I thought it was poor comment. Just from a participation perspective, the impact that they may that may have only impacted one in a hundred, but I, I didn't like it. I think rugby league's doing going over and beyond in terms of what we're trying to do for concussion and bringing in things, and you know even this week we've moved, and I don't agree with changing rules during the season, but I can see why they've done it. So I thought it was poor, uh, but I think it's great that a lot of these players are donating <laughs> it, donating their brains. I also think that rugby league, how do I say this? I don't think we're protective of ourselves when it comes to concussion. I think we're quite open to the fact that we're a contact sport. Yeah, players do get injured, uh, and we we're embracing the fact that yes, our game is a collision sport. There is a concussion, and we're trying to do as much as we can. Yeah, the reason the NFL got into a lot of trouble is they because they it. well they denied it. Yeah, they actually denied it. Mate, they covered um, up
1: real evidence. They that did it was happening, and, and were that more that worried about the dollar issue. and the business rather than addressing it. So
0: I think the the wider where this is heading. Uh, from a player welfare perspective and also through a research and CTE perspective is that we're going to get to a point where players may have to sign a waiver.
1: Well, there was the discussion over the weekend about you know would some former players come after the NRL for legal reasons or would people do that? And the argument kind of is some players say, well, the game's give me everything I've got and you knew what you signed up for, but then there's also the feeling that some people that may have got less out of the game or feel like they are left out in the cold because of these issues may... Mm. Go out rightly or wrongly. I'm not one to judge, but I don't think there's sport.
0: negligence. Can you prove nah. negligence when no one knew well, and they were sending players back out? And it was, I guess, that's players it. also need to be protected of from themselves, correct? Yeah. Correct,
1: A lot anyway. Of moving on, on.
0: I, look, I just think the all the players and the way that that was embraced uh, was fantastic. And one I
1: think all involved, touching mainly again on what we say right now the protocols and this and that. I think all of it is spot on how it's done. My point earlier in the year, though, was more that if you have multiple head knocks, in particular for two reasons. For the players' welfare, but also when I feel sometimes clubs are taking the piss when they don't have a head knock. That mm-hmm. if you get multiple in a row, and people do try to abuse it for that reason also, that they have an automatic week off. Like the, Applaud the Sydney Roosters for the, the head knocks that have happened to Luke Keery and given him the time off as well. Like I, I don't think NRL can be doing much more than what they are. No, and no, I agree with so, you. Um, yeah. Good step forward, uh, good by the game in general. But that is our set of six before we move into our game reviews. Like I said, no power rankings for this week until we get back to four rounds. But speaking of power, a big thank you goes to Penrith Solar Centre, one of our excellent sponsors on the podcast, Boxhead. You've got a system, I've got a system. The old man's got one. It's an evil, it's a necessary evil. It's not evil. It's a great thing in this modern world. Bills are only going up. I work for one of the... Electricity mobs, and let me tell you, it's all about dollars and going private. So I don't think bills are going to go down anytime soon. So the best way to get on the front foot is with Penrith Solar Centre. Install something, help yourself, and you know what's worse than seeing your team cop the wooden spoon this season. It is getting slapped with one of those rising power bills that put you more on edge than an origin decider. Penrith Solar Centre, Western Sydney's leading solar specialist, who are helping local families take control of their electricity bills. Let the sun work for your home and your back pocket. Contact them today on 1800 20 2930 to discuss how you can become the ruin of this season when it comes to your power bills. Um, www.penrithsolar.com.au Yeah, I think it's just insane how expensive bills are. It's made a big difference to us, especially in summertime, out in the Golden West here when it's absolutely frying hot. You can flog deducted aircon all day with a decent enough system and it's basically free. Mm. Good times. Uh, reviews of the games from the weekend. Tigers South 14-9. to 9. Honestly, I thought this was a shit game.
0: Um, <laughs> it was a shit it, game. It, it was down. No, it was I, I, I
1: love Bank West but clearly a lot of people talked about the the turf at night when it's dewy and cold and that being an issue and then I heard someone else randomly on the radio bring up that it, apparently there's a heating system that was going to take care of this issue and dry it up. I don't know if that's just hogwash and maybe a pipe for him that the field's heated and they'd be able to take the dew out of the surface or not. But I think there's one thing we've established that if there's going to be night games there during winter it's going to be slippery as shit. Yeah. Um, it was very one it's out. It's just
0: the Sydney climate yeah. isn't
1: it? Very one out, very basic they didn't offer a whole lot or throw a whole lot at one another. The best opportunity at the end of the day was going to come from a kicking game and getting there across the turf and that's how the Tigers got one of their tries to be Corey Thompson. Um, South obviously still missing George, oh, sorry, Tom and Sam obviously hurt um, the guys that they had come back in <coughs> did a pretty decent job, I thought. brain Burns after a long layoff. Adam Reynolds with a broken back. My back mm. is broken. But, yeah, I think on in all honesty on their side of things, it wasn't going to happen well. week one back. There's a lot of guys there that are underdone. They've gone through a real rough period, plenty of changes. I think Cody Walker's confidence is obviously not as good prior to his origin experience, even though I didn't think he was too bad the other night. Um, but, but I'm still not awfully worried about South, to be honest. I think after origin, full compliment back, it's on them from that point onwards to kick on.
0: I'm a little bit worried about them. Four in a row is not good. That's a game that they should have won. They should have iced. The missed tackles for Cheekham to go through was... Janko, it's wow. I mean, uh, uh, I'm not too sure. I agree with you. I, I just thought both sides did not adapt to the conditions they were playing sideways the whole night. There were a lot of errors. Just the enthusiasm in the whole... In both was outfits, was terrible. It was flat as. Um, look, I think Michael McGuire would walk away from there, the happiest coach, yeah. based purely on the fact he won.
1: And I was going to say, if anything, I'll give the Tigers a rap because, again, they've had a few dogfight games this season to keep themselves alive, and I yep. thought that was one the other night. That
0: one, the Brisbane game, what was the other one where they went through late and scored?
1: Yeah, it was, Brisbane. was a
0: Brisbane game. There was one other one as well. I, off the top of my head, I can't remember. They but, got
1: the Cowboys um, going point game.
0: There you go. It was two in a row. That's another
1: big one. So,
0: no, good on them. They're they're competing right to the end, uh, Mm. whether they're playing well or not. You know, they got mowed by the Eels by 50. That's about the only poor, really, really poor performance that I can think of. In the, the Canberra Tigers. game, the
1: other week was pretty disappointing.
0: Yeah, that one as well. The, that was the, sorry, that Sorry, yeah, correct. The but, two previous at Bank West, the Bank West hoodoo is now over. So they got
1: themselves out of They run fun. into
0: the Roosters this week, which will be interesting. I'm going to go to that game on Friday night.
1: I think one thing that impressed me the other night, I thought South opened up particularly the first 30 minutes on that left-hand side mm. where they're so dominant, where they like to shift to, but I thought the Tigers scrambled quite well and defended their line. Benji Marshall's return and the change of role. Uh, and just understanding where he's at in his crew, I think he's been outstanding for Luke Brooks this year. Luke Brooks, why not having as good a year as last year? I think he's still had a pretty good season, in all honesty. Yeah. I think he's played some good football. Ryan Madison, every week. I know, again, he, we say some names over and over again, but it needs to be said. I thought he was great. Twile was great. Uh, Corey Thompson's taken every opportunity there at fullback. I think he's doing a better job than what Moses Zimbai was giving him some uh, energy coming out the back end of the field. Not He's a, for
0: he's a very underrated player, Corey Thompson. He is. He very, is very underrated player.
1: Very solid and Full cheeky. Full effort. Cheeky and very handy off the bench for him. You've got a guy with that kind of speed, size and skill who can play, again, center, middle, lock, back. Right. He's one of these guys that's come through the grades with the ability to play multiple positions. Yeah. So it's he likes having a big bench. Maguire, and he, for the most part, he didn't want to have two hookers on the bench. I think Little's more there because they're preparing for the future. But he's also got a very handy middle-slash-edge back-line player there that he gets to use in Michael Cheekham with the free sign. But yeah. yeah, two huge moments for him this year. Two massive moments for him this year. Oh, yeah. South, four in a row. Uh, yeah, I think the big thing, get Sam back, get Tom back, get to this period and rebuild that confidence. And James Roberts definitely needs to start playing some better football. I know Wayne's got him there for a reason. We know how good he can be with the football, but defensively... And just his involvement so far, I think has been bare minimum. Um, for the investment they've made, they need more. Yep. They need a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. Dragons, 22-14 against the Cowboys. Uh, in all honesty, I thought the first half, they looked like they didn't know each other. They were clunky as all shit. I know there was a massive disruption Pre-game because there was a huge accident on the M1 and players were struggling to get there on time Oh, is that right Jeremy Lattimore had to hitchhike a ride and ditch his car and hop on the back of someone's motorcycle really Matt Dufty I think rocked up they said half hour beforehand Shit. Uh, and on top of that Vaughn I spoke to him had a dodgy feed He was borderline shitting himself. He threw up in the change room. He threw up on the field during the warm-up, which made three other guys throw up. (laughs) So after that, and speaking to him, I could kind of understand more the start of the game. That does make sense. um, Yeah, when when the big fella had some chicken salad bowl and threw up and three other guys threw up the warm-up, you're not off to a good start, so... I think I'm yeah. going to be sick. They looked flat. They looked disinterested. I thought in particular, again, those origin guys, until I got that story, I thought they were poor in the first half their forward pack and their like they didn't know each other. Um, the Cowboys had a field day going after Lachlan Moreno, who I'm sorry, how he's in grade right now before Jordan Pereira, like Mary McGregor. I know our Dragons fans get frustrated, but Jordan Pereira puts in more effort and does so much work. And sure, you could push him or Ravalawa, or even host anyone else into the centres besides Lachlan Marina. And they just made him their bunny in the first half. They yeah. went after him. There was an out ball where he held and everyone else held and felt tipped back in Opacek. Morgan went there again. Drinkwater slid outside him and they just went after him relentlessly. And I'm not surprised because he shouldn't be playing first grade. No, I watched him play cut the other week fair. and he was shitting that game and I have no idea how he's up playing first grade. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I don't like to be that guy when we talk about it. I'm just being honest. His form does not warrant from the cup games I've done for him to be playing in a row. Um, Luckily for them, though, late in the half, found themselves a bit of a moment there. Ben Hunt put that nice kick in for Ravalawa, got him some breathing room, and clearly they regrouped at half-time. Because yep. when they come back out, obviously there's that big match-turning moment that Green wasn't happy about where that Sims hit happened and they lost him for the rest of the half. But I thought the Cowboys' origin pack when they got back on that second stint were excellent. Vaughn was massive. They were. Giselle got some offloads. They, they built some nice momentum. Uh, they really came home strong and just went after him. I think Drinkwater, why I love him in attack and he offers so much with the ball. Good set of hands, really dangerous running. As a fullback who's only transitioned there in the last 12 to 18 months, he's got to be better on his kick positioning. They caught him out twice. There was also a contest he didn't really commit to. Um, Dufty scored off one of them. So he's going to be a great handy pick up for them, but that's just something that needs to Probably worked on a little bit. But obviously with Morgan off the field, it was on Clifford to take control of the game. I thought he had a couple of nice moments at the back end of the game, but the Dragons just came after him. And yeah. the big thing was they scored a couple of times off last tackle. Yeah, So they were willing to chance their arm when it mattered. Um, and yeah, they, they got them. They got them in a very important win for the Cowboys and then devastating because they're on six wins and they're still within reach, but they've now lost three close games in a row. And they have, yeah. That, that would really, really hurt. They lost the golden point game by a field goal they lost to manly by two when they ran out of interchanges and had some horrible injuries and now they've lost this game after leading Yeah, so that, that's three there was the Melbourne one earlier in the year where they were very, very, very close there's been a couple of games and you need to win half of those at least to put yourself in a position where they could be on eight or nine wins Yeah, instead they're on six and I still sympathise Tom are gone for a long period McLean injured, not having bar before this set. Like they've had an absolute shit fight in disruptions left, right and centre. Yeah, yeah. But the question is at what point is it too late?
0: <laughs> that was just a must win game for the yeah. Dragons, wasn't it? It was oh. probably well like you're saying, it's probably a must win game for both.
1: But well, there's a huge log jam, but this created that log jam even further, yeah. along with more results this weekend. But uh, the Dragons have given themselves a slight heartbeat for the Cowboys. I think they'd be sitting there just wondering when their luck's gonna turn. Because obviously you've got to make it happen, but it's one of those years.
0: They're, they're going to be the side this year that you look at and go, shit. They they lost a lot of close five games, five or six
1: close games. The plus tigers, the,
0: the tigers at the moment look like the side you're going to go shit. They've won a lot they've of won close, games. close games. Yeah,
1: so. started to flip it, but um, yeah, that forward pack second stint. The Haas are much better. Norman makes Hunt a better player too. Yeah, when Norman's there, that's one thing you see. He just makes him much better player. I think host has really improved this year. Him and Laurie in particular mm-hmm. have come on leaps and bounds. I think they're doing a good job. I think there's a couple of guys, yeah, like I said, the, a couple of weeks ago. Top 30 needs to be managed better. How Moran is there, I don't know. Leilua, after more of what I've seen, I don't know. Moving forward, if you persist with him. Lattimore's got to retire after this year. I know he, he does a lot of good off the bench and he puts a lot of effort in, but it's at a point that they need to do a better job with their top 30. Yeah. They need to go get some more fresh blood and players that they're going to be able to trust and uh, put into those key positions, so... Cowboys, drink water, not a bad start. Tamalolo, massive as always. Clifford, one of his better games, even though they they didn't get the result. Uh, I was also impressed by Shane Wright, the back row. He's been there for a couple of years. He's been limited opportunities, but I think he he looks like a bit of a footballer, so quite impressed by him. Storm Roosters, 14-12. Plenty of late changes, more so to the Roosters, more so than Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne had a couple of late changes with Olam going into the centres for... (laughs) Marion <laughs> and Seve, and then obviously Hughes pulled out that had Pappenhausen ready-made replacement and my god did he have another cracker yeah, he did. of a game but this game was almost <clears> opposites <throat> both ways I felt in the first half that Melbourne were pinned on their line and the Roosters had the majority of the good football and tried to play a lot to Melbourne's right edge which has leaked the most tries on a right edge in the competition but they loaded up extra numbers and seemed to solve most things and turn away and then they transitioned one of those sets into that nice trial where Kenny threw the early pass out of car. They got on the outside and Pappenhausen, supported, but then the second half it went the opposite way where Melbourne seemed to have a glutton of possession, penalties, errors from the Roosters and pinned them in their half and kind of turned it the other way around mm. and they couldn't score because, as we've spoken about multiple times, Melbourne favour the left-hand side. Yeah, They're not trusting Croft. They're clearly not going to go there. They run everything basically to the left. Um, and it's quite easy to account Bruce for. Bruce has solved it. it it's, it's back to where we were a couple of years ago when we were talking about Cronk with no Slater and we didn't have a second half and it was Cronk and Smith when Billy was injured and obviously Widop had moved on. Everywhere that Cronk was, you knew they were going there. Whereas a couple of years so back... sides have just thrown extra defender there. Yeah, when we had Green, Slater, <laughs> Smith... Cronk, like When you have the full complement again, you've got to account for all parts of the field. You've got to account for the ruck. You've got to account for both edges. At yep. this point in time after 15 rounds or whatever it is, they're either going to have to trust in Cronk and start to play more football down there. because Croft. we've Cronk. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Cronk, because yeah, yeah. we've got enough weapons on the right, or they make the move, as far as I'm concerned, finally, for Hughes to play there and Papineausen to go to the back. Because now we've let Drinkwater go and we didn't even give that an, a crack, which I would have. And we've got Billy Walters, who we've named 18th man a million times, who I've watched play Queensland Cup and Residents for the Queensland Cup side for being one of the better players. And now they've upgraded Cooper Johns, even, who's the under-20s New South Wales side. We've got all these options. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The, the one thing I will say for Croft, his actual tackle technique is good one-on-one. His edge decisions aren't good. Like Technique and edge decisions are two different things. Mm-hmm. He's willing to put his body in front. When he does commit the run, he does commit the run, but I've said it a million times. He just can't seem to adjust to what's going on in the game. He pre-thinks everything, and when he's got something in his mind, that's it. He's doing it. Yeah. He kicked quite well on the weekend too, actually, I thought, but, but it's not enough to win a cop. At the moment Like if that's our side We will get to a prelim Or we'll find our way In the grand final With our forward pack Our left edge And other members Of our spine But I don't think With Brodie Croft We can win a competition At this point in time I yeah I agree I honestly think I do agree If Hughes is there Even if he's not a halfback In the games that he's played for New Zealand And us in the halves He's at least shown That he's willing to Dig into the line Run the football Engage And while we may lose A little bit in our Kicking game If Croft goes out Because I'm sure he's all-round kicking game is stronger than Hughes, I think he'll bring more in an attack. And that gets Pappenhausen on the field. Absolutely. Yeah. The more who's attacking got, Who's points, got more
0: improvement? You know, the Roosters and Storm have had two close games. The Roosters, Roosters. have got far more
1: No Luke Keery, no Jad Rhea Hargraves. You know, Latron Mitchell's still getting his confidence back. There's no Jake Friend. He's got to come back on that side. The Melbourne effective. Storm's
0: best hope, I think, is that the Roosters somehow slip out
1: of the top four. Well, last year we said it. To, I said it to you, week one. Us beating South is the reason we made it to the grand final. Yeah. Week one, South had every opportunity to put Melbourne to bed. They made critical errors inside 20 that gave Melbourne their few opportunities, and Melbourne took all of them. This year, I think, again, if we were to face that sort of a run, we'd need to win week one to get to week three. Yeah. Um, but Roosters full complement versus Storm full complement, I still think it's a great game of football. But if we're going to be all left-hand side against the full-strength Roosters, I think we lose again. hmm And... Yeah, well, I think there's been improvement on the bench and there's been improvement all around in Melbourne. You can't play to only one side of the field against South and against the Roosters, more particularly the Roosters. Yeah. I think the Roosters' full complement is still the best side in the comp. Uh, I
0: agree, yeah. I it's lost, just whether they can get to the top four.
1: Yeah, I lost nothing out of this game for the Roosters' side of things, but yeah. They completed at sixty five percent. They punished themselves in the second half, in particular. Melbourne completed higher. Ground them. Um, the errors were sixteen to seven, and they only lost by two points. And yeah. the only points in the second half was a penalty goal. Smith. Everybody hates him. He did milk it a little bit, but he's the master. Whether you like it or not, he got Radley caught up. He got that penalty. <laughs> He knocked it over, and the last 10 minutes, they scrambled their ass off in their own line when the Roosters threw the kitchen sink at him. Yeah. Um, I thought Tedesco had another absolute pearler. <laughs> <Talked clears throat> Tokiaho, Joey who's slowly building a bit more confidence for Melbourne. Papanhausen was huge. Smith again, and Dale Finucane. thought was another guy who was a pretty good standout. But, um, that game is always a cracker. I'm still well pit, I'm still pissed that it's not in Sydney. Like I know it's great for Adelaide, but sixteen thousand. Come on, <laughs> Roosters, bring it back. Come on, mate. I want to go watch that game in yeah. Sydney. That's that's yeah, of all the games we talk about in Sydney. That's a game we would go for to. you. Yeah. Oh, well, <clears> I'd <is throat> <gonna throat> go to Storm. Okay, that's okay. a ripper of a game, but yeah, Manly Titans thirty oh, to twelve. Please. Bit of the same old box head. Yep. I'm sorry. To same say that. old shit.
0: We're the worst team in the comp. You there guys, you, you conceded
1: so that. that early shit try where Syrian got a one on one with Roberts, and Roberts both, just didn't make a tackle yeah. on his inside shoulder. Right? Both your edges are woeful, and as much as I love Brian Kelly in attack, again defensively, he's, he's awful. But to have Roberts, Cartwright, Kelly all on one edge defensively, even though there's not much else you could do with the players they've got, mm. yeah, that's not stopping much. But the biggest issue they conceded early. But then they had a 20 minute period there where they kind of held on and they fought and they fought. But the the issue was, I just felt like they were holding on. Um, Missing Arrow is huge. Arrow is the absolute key to that forward pack. Ryan James as well. But, like, you know, we've said it a million times before. Your players like Pichu, who they brought up there, clearly wants to leave. Shannon Boyd, who clearly went up there because that was the best offer he got and he's not playing good football. Like, there's a lot of guys that are just taking the piss. Yeah, they really are.
0: Based on the players and the roster they've got. I, I replied to something. Scott Prince put something up on um, Instagram. I think it was just good to be back at the old stomping ground, remember the good old days. And I, I sort of replied and said, well, we could do with you out there because we've got um, a halfback on a million dollars and not playing. We've got a centre at Origin who should be playing Origin that's doesn't want to be there, signed a four-year deal that doesn't want to be there. And we've got a prop who's got the slowest leg speed, former international prop who's got the slowest leg speed in the competition who's just not effective and we're paying those three probably close to three million dollars
1: just again effort areas at least 2.5 basic defense get yourself in front both their edges got burned the second try was the same thing again Like just a simple quick play the ball they isolate Roberts Cartwright mm. him Kelly on that edge again holding on your goal, on your goal line if, if you shattered or you're done or you caught for numbers or this quick play the ball you just jam and rush
0: look we bashed uh, Manly at Brookvale Oval about a month yeah. ago right and Manly were just off that night because that was an it was an outlier. The Titans, a few things stuck for the Titans. That was such fake form going into this game. Manly did this in first gear. Yeah,
1: they, they didn't get out of first gear. They did it in first gear. They could have done a lot more. They were...
0: They could have put 70 on the Titans if they really wanted to. Dez
1: Hasler apparently sprayed them in the second half through the trainer and the commentators good. were laughing about it saying he was harsh, but they conceded twice yeah. at the point where he sprayed them, just before he sprayed them. Yeah. So they conceded twice after that. Mainly now, like
0: they're, they're in a very, very, very good position. 100%. Very good position.
1: We questioned their depth, as did everyone. We said their 17 had some good players, Taphouse, Vanilla Blakes, Coruscant, yeah, no, fighters, but we didn't, we didn't
0: question. But we
1: worried about depth.
0: Didn't question their team, their and depth. Their depth.
1: He's done a I great thought they
0: improved, but man, has done a fantastic job. And They have found players. and when you consider that Cherry Evans has missed considerable amount of time, Tom. so has Tom. Their best two players. That it's
1: unbelievable where they sit on the table. It's said it again. It's one thing finding depth, but they found better players. They found Corey Waddell, who's coming to their side. Especially the Shitford, Garrett, Trent Barrett to find a spot. All of it. They got good out of LG, for Christ's sake, who struggled a little bit. Yep. Now he's been taken by Cust, who yep. they found a long-term partner possibly here. So. You know, Coruscant misses the weekend. I think Farno's been playing better. And he's made Coruscant's form better they this year. They
0: also had the Dylan Walker distraction, him not playing. They've, they've had, they've had, had plenty of reason to just not play well, manly, and they've been quite the opposite. They've
1: been great. Um and again, Moses Sawley had all those problems. He's playing all right Yeah, football. him too, yeah. Joel Thompson at 30, 31, playing good football. Curtis Siernan, I always thought was going to be just one of those guys who had all the talent in the world and pissed it up the wall. has been playing great football. Yep. And it was his 100th game on the weekend despite all the injuries and hurdles he's faced. Uh, he had an absolute perler. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I think similar to what you said. They could have done he got more. got a double
0: and got Simbin in his 100th game. <laughs> yeah.
1: They could have done more if they really wanted to. I thought they let the foot off the accelerator.
0: Look, my point is, is not not to take anything away from Manly. No. It's to highlight like, how bad the Titans were. And if you're a Manly fan, I'd be getting a little bit excited.
1: But they could have. They got my big issue again. Defensively, it's not just one area. They got you everywhere. Mm. Semi got burned in a one-on-one that he should have made. They got him on the left-hand side where Tafu crashes over. They got him inside their back row and half on that other edge. They rolled up their bit. Like there's not one area where they couldn't expose you if they really wanted to.
0: Uh,
1: But for Manly, another great win. Put themselves in a really good position. And post-origin, getting back all their three players. If Tom and DCE stay healthy with the extra depth they've found and the players they've found, uh, they could I'll say
0: this about Manly. I think the only two teams they can't beat on best form is Melbourne and the Roosters. I think they can beat everyone else.
1: Well, they can push for the top four now. If things work out well mm. uh, They've put themselves In a pretty good spot
0: So I don't think Manly can win the comp In short But yeah. I think they've Overachieved by an Absolute oh, country mile Massive And I think they could Find, find themselves If things go their way In a preliminary final Yep It wouldn't shock them And me. I think
1: I said as much Earlier on when we talked About that depth mm. they've found So good win by them Titans I think Brennan's days Titans, Are numbered mate this mid-season review is a whole crock of shit. I just say, pull the band-aid off. If they're going to punish, yeah, right. rightly or wrongly, the issue is who they're hiring.
0: They're battling to mate. And spe- if Mal spe- in control
1: and they're going to hire Kev Walters, well, fuck, good luck. I don't think your future's looking any better. And again, we said it the other way. As much as I like Callum Watkins, I think they've bought in too late. Yeah, I agree. So I don't think the moves they've made are I'm massive, getting any better. I'm a
0: massive Rhinos fan. He's one of my favourite all-time players behind Sir Kev. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, moving on. Newcastle, 26-12 over the Broncos. No pong and no worries. Clammer comes back with that injury, gets needled up, has an absolute barnstormer. Um, Again, they got back to what got them on that winning streak as far as I'm concerned. That defensive attitude, that push, all their middles doing a good job and just grit. They're a real rugged side. When they buy into that, they're great. And they frustrate the shit out of Brisbane. They got Brisbane to bite and niggle. Brisbane's got a lot of like flash and a lot of highly rated players, but guys don't like copping it.
0: <coughs> no. And
1: they've got to realise, like we find out with a lot of people, you're playing rugby league, it's contact sport. If you don't like people fucking getting stuck in you, give it back. Mm. But your Pangai Juniors and a couple of those guys didn't enjoy getting lipped up by Newcastle. And I think Newcastle's gave it to them. ends zip at half halftime. Uh, their right edge in particular has been pretty ordinary, very passive. Shawnee O'Sullivan, Shibasaki, or Schwain as I like to call him now because he looks like the guy character Smouse out of Angry Boys by Chris Lee if you have a look at that little afro yeah yeah. when when you're on your line we spoke about this before whether you're man on or not there's only one place to go you've got to come forward cut down time and space if you're going to slide or be passive you're going to get beaten all ends up Mm. Kurt Mann drifts across fends two players off gets Gillette O'Sullivan and Shibasaki all to bite in so he can throw a one-handed pass to Edric Lee. Like, yeah. There was nothing doing for that. Like they, The commentators blocked like, oh, wow, what a try. If you're a coach and you go back and watch that video yeah. and you're in there if you're Anthony Seabold, that's like just fucking kick a hole in the wall style. Like, that's you disgusting. You're your
0: walkie-talkies through the window.
1: Oh, and just, <clears throat> yeah, but they pulled them to pieces. They really, really did. They had offloads. They weren't stopping the ball. They scored again there with Fitzgibbon off the back of offloads inside 20. Um, <sighs> uh, the one that got me actually later in the game, and I thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> the obstruction penalty on Kenny Dowell when he cut back in field. He went behind one of his players, cut back in field, but didn't impede. And he, like, common sense has to come into it at some point. There was He ran back into Brisbane players where he was about to get tackled. But they've just actually kind of blew the whistle instantly
0: yeah,
1: and shut the whole thing down. It gave the Broncos an opportunity before halftime, which didn't pay off. But the second half couldn't have started any worse. Jamie Bure, 8-0, drops the kickoff. They get two quick penalties, including that Garvey one we've talked about where Klein, again, has gone off early and him. put him in the bin. Yeah. Flagler scored because then they've all jammed in on their left edge there and left space. And Newcastle, to their credit, stuck solid even though they, know, they had a rough patch there for 15, 20 minutes. Defended their asses off despite making errors and having a bit of a bad patch and kept it eighteen six. 6 Yeah. They found a penalty goal late off a shit Brisbane error. Got 20-6. to um, You know, it, it took a strip... For Stags to get a try there and get it back to twenty to twelve, but I thought it was Newcastle's night and they deserved that win, rightfully so. They closed it out with a late try where they finally gave some early ball to Jesse Raymond and Darius Boyd's effort defending at five eight. He oh, wow.
0: looked like he had two left feet. He, he, plant, he planted.
1: Off. He leaned forward and he stuck his hands out and wondered why he got beat. Mm. And they obviously had a reshuffle and Richie Kenner went off early, which I heard a lot of people carrying on about again in the com- uh, the commentary. But on the flip side. Newcastle lost Edric Lee early and they covered up perfectly fine for it. And the wing is the, the hardest spot to cover. Yeah. So David Fafita was out there with Darius Boyd playing the set like, yeah, they had a bit of a reshuffle, but the first up contact and effort from Darius Boyd was disgusting. It was terrible. He didn't even try to engage. So for Brisbane, uh you know
0: <laughs> Better luck next year.
1: It's it's all about next year. But I will say one thing and I blew up about this earlier with you. I'm sick of journalists as well, just belting this drum that, you know, this is the premiership side, and Wayne would have won with this. So Wayne took this team to the finals last year. They got their asses handed to them first round by the Dragons. Mm. All the players that they're carrying on, that they've let go of the journalists again, like they're superstars. Nick is not a half. He's a utility, all right? They weren't going to pay him the $600,000. They let him go, mm. Rightfully so. Josh Maguire is probably the only one of real note they let go, but he was on about no, nine. Hang
0: on a they didn't let Nikarima go. They let Nikarima go because
1: Titans was, was going to pay
0: him more than yeah. what they were offering. The reason they offered him
1: a deal. Would you have paid him $600,000 no. to play in the halves? No. 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 So it was, they've moved on from a player yeah. who was on a good contract before the upgrade or what he was mm. after, right? Maguire's about the only one of note they let go, and they did it for a good reason because Maguire's money, $900,000 at age 30, 31 for a guy who's not an impact forward, he's a leader and a defensive guy and tighten things up is what gets you. But he also spends a lot of time on the sideline. Exactly. But he's the one that gets you, Punglai Jr., Haas, Lodge, etc., yeah. to stay around. So they've clearly made a decision for their future. The Kahu mentions, again, good footballer, but they're carrying on that they've lost an, like a superstar. Like, oh, yep. he's an international. <laughs> I'd he, take
0: Shibasaki and Stags ahead of him any day.
1: Exactly. And then the Roberts, they're carrying on again. You've got a guy who got fucking blitzed off his face, got carried over to a nightclub yeah, and cause... thinks he's better than the rules because Wayne Bennett made it that way. Yep. They're two different styles of coaches and clearly he wants guys... That are all equal, willing to do the work and buy into the group environment. He's cutting out anyone who's not a part of it. Yeah. So I don't know what everyone's complaining about.
0: No.
1: I wouldn't pay six hundred thousand for James Roberts. Clearly Wayne Bennett will because he'll buy into his system and do what he wants.
0: Well, he'll pay he'll, pay he'll pay him because he got Inglis's money. That's why.
1: Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, for what he, Who else is he gonna spend for what, that what money? he brings to the table, I don't want James Roberts and that money. No, I agree. If he's that. not going to buy it. Jaden Sewer I had a massive wrap on last year, but clearly he, again, is not a fan of the way things are going and having to fight for his position. He's left as well. Anyone that does want to be there, if I'm Anthony Seba, I'll get the fuck out. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. That's what I'm sick
1: doing. of like journalists are carrying on. Like, oh, he let all these like it's here. Of course you let him go. Because they're building for the future. They said this. Yeah, it's a five-year really year deal. It. They've got a very young side. Tommy Dearden looked positive a couple of weeks ago. They've upgraded Corey Pay another half who's 19. Uh, they've got Herbie Farnsworth, who's a full-back centre winger. They've got Xavier Coates, who's likely to play this week and 18-year-old is about to come in. Yeah. I know a lot of people tip to win the comp, and when people's tips don't come true, they just find other ways to blow it up, make it a big deal. Nah, and look,
0: I, I, I tipped him in. Yeah, the comp know, I'll but... tell you two things that Seabold's not going to say publicly. Number one, he was left with a side he walked into a side that was well underdone in terms of conditioning, strength work, core skill. That's very difficult to make up as a coach. Number two, he walked into a cap that's a fucking shmozzle.
1: a salary cap that's a schmozzle. Moves.
0: Yeah. He's not going to say that publicly. No,
1: and they've still got two shit contracts there. That they can't. Whereas get rid of. you
0: know, Wayne all sort of he's been jabbing Seabold, just little jab, little jab, little jab here and there, and uh, I think Seabold's just got to hold his nerve, um, regardless of what happens this year. Uh, I'm shocked at where they're at, um, but I I made that prediction based on them having their best side on the field and everyone being happy and cohesive and. They're more being fit and firing and et cetera. And that's obviously not what's happening there. So he's he is managing that situation as best he can.
1: Um, and he's doing it cleanly too, like you're saying. He yeah, could probably I, throw I, more out there. And a lot of people probably, probably
0: say play. I'm a bit biased because I've, you know, I've had a relationship well, I don't with know the bloke from a bar yeah. side,
1: but I, I'm just going from my perspective. Or I got to that club and saw some of the deals. I don't talk to him on a day-to-day go. basis,
0: but I, I have a great respect for him and a great admiration for the guy, and I think he's going to do a good job up there. So, uh, yeah, naturally I might be a little bit biased towards him.
1: Well, plain and simple. The but player... I'd, call,
0: I'd call shit if I thought it was, I thought it was crap. It. And I, I think the move, to, like moving Darius Boyd to six is the last, like I called what, through, what, really? what, else do, what else are you going to do with him? Well, it's either that. It's either perform there or go. Like you've got to drop him.
1: The last thing I had, and I said this earlier, all right, I said this to Blake today as well. We're all banging on like Wayne one of a comp. They got close in 2015, yeah, but they didn't win. Last <laughs> year with that team and the players I let go of, Bring all those guys back in that is dropped. Are they going to win the comp? No. No, they're not. So guess what they're doing? They're fucking cleaning house to get in all this young blood, sort out the salary cap mess, which still can't be fully done because, like you said, Darius Boyd's got a couple of years left and McCulloch's taken up a player option for a contract again. Seabold didn't give him. Mm. Paul White's got to take some responsibility of that because he did those deals with Wayne Bennett. But I want this top 30 to be what it's about to turn into. <clears throat> it may not happen overnight. It may not happen next year. But by a year three... They should be a genuine premiership threat with a he's bunch also, of guys. He's
0: making it very clear he's not going to be held to ransom by the players.
1: No, and that's again, you're a, you're more of a coach than I am. But when you walk in and you got guys like that, like you know, they've, I think they couldn't have handled things. It's anymore.
0: difficult when you walk in and a lot of the playing group are unhappy with the decision. But that's bought, hard, and a lot they're of on them, long-term deals. That's yeah.
1: hard, and they've also bought into a different culture. Wayne Bennett, as we said, is a man manager, and he gets. The best of his players, but he's more, put put arm around you, love you. Seabold's your new school. Everyone's equal, 1-30. I also
0: also think what he's understated is that Seabold didn't have them day one. No. So they had Wayne for a few weeks.
1: And is another one who obviously was loved up last year by Wayne. Big raps on him, played some fullback, kicked some goals, did very well in this Mm -hmm. year. um, Poor form, he's been dropped and been told to find it and clearly struggling with it. Yeah. But anyone who's not willing to buy in can leave. toodle That's coaching 101. Yeah. Two different coaches. If people want to go play for Wayne or they're not happy with the setup, team's four. And at the end of the day, you're all getting paid big bickies, you're all grown ups. Fucking do your job. Yeah. I'm sick of all these excuses and oh, it's Seabolt. And just, oh, they should be playing finals. It's clearly a reshuffle yeah. of the deck chairs to get all these young players in. It's a long term plan, and they get those players that are letting go aren't going to win them a comp. Bring them all back. They're not winning the comp this year. They're not winning it next year. These moves have been made for a reason.
0: Yep. So
1: Everyone fucking get over it. <laughs> eels Raiders, 22-16. Uh, 16-0, 22 nil. A bit of the old Raiders crept into this game. Mm. They got out to 16, like you said. Just absolutely carved Mitchell Moses up. There was clearly an edict there where they got rolling. They were going downfield through the middle and they were jumping at Moses. They got him on his inside shoulder multiple times there. Manu Mo couldn't cover for him. Jack White went clean past him. Charles Nickel Clodstad sold a dummy, went clean past him. Later on in the half, Jack went through again and almost put Simonson over. And then when Chris caught that kick off the back of it at 16 zip, you thought this could be anything. Mm. Um, the Eagles had some chances. They blew it. Gufson slipped through once. Reid Mahoney went, out, went close. They shut that all down. But with two minutes to go, Ricky Stewart would have been pissed at halftime. time. Manu Mo drifts across field. They all hold static. And I think it was Caesar who jumped down the line to shit his pants and missed him altogether. <laughs> And then Blake Ferguson, off just a long pass there where they had bodies in front of him, somehow forces his way into the corner. Like He's a physical specimen, but that should have been shut down. Yeah. So to go into the half there, as they did at 16-12, Ricky definitely would have been filthy, but their second half, Canberra just never composed themselves. Um, they made way too many errors. They got themselves caught on the back foot with those errors. They had to defend a lot, and they gassed out at the back end of the game. And in particular, Jack White had an absolute Barry Crocker after starting the game on fire. He dropped the dropout. He made five errors total and it seemed the harder he tried, the worse things he got. Jared Croker tried to tip that ball on, dropped it, Ferguson goes 90 the other way. And then late in the game, Mitchell Moses gets Jack Whiten again, sliding instead of covering his inside shoulder, goes straight through. Croker slaps him with a handbag and he beats Jones-Nickel-Clogstadden. 22-16 22-16 they had a couple of late opportunities but errors again Yeah, I'll tell um, you where
0: this game was lost this game was lost in the five minutes before half time 16-0 yeah. and it went to 16-12 it or hurt. 16-10 it really did hurt um, that little power nap cost them and they couldn't get the momentum back
1: I really like the Raiders as a side and I said this a couple of weeks ago and some Raiders fans who listen to the game companion may have, may have not been happy but I think they've got too much of Ricky Stewart in their attitude on field and what I mean by that is their attitude towards refs and rucks like there's there's moments there for me where they get a quick play of the ball and they want to bitch and carry on and milk and just... Shut up play the There's ball. little things like that where I'm like, you've got a quick play. like Bateman, absolute gun, but he's a special for it at the moment. And there's a few of them that do it. And I'm just like, that's one thing. If they could shake that out of their game, yeah. um, I think that could really, really help. But uh, I'm a bit disappointed because, again, for them, that was an opportunity to move themselves right to the top four and equal second, basically. But that's a lost game and... More disappointed because I bought into the Raiders after what they've done, and especially in a couple of tough wins the last few weeks, missing key players and during the origin period. And you want to talk about inconsistencies. Well, there's no more inconsistent side this year than Parramatta. Parramatta's first to second half told us that exactly. 16 mm-hmm. 0 down, two late tries, but then second half, come home over the top of them, score a couple of tries, just look like a completely different team. I don't know whether they're coming or going. Um, you know, their record's almost 50 50, but. Again, I, I don't see them challenging for the title. The Raiders, I, I genuinely said the other week, I put them at second tier of Newcastle on the Sharks, but much like the Cowboys, I think this was a missed opportunity for them. They're, I think they're definitely going to feature in finals football, but this was a real good opportunity to solidify a spot possibly in the top four, moving in out of the origin period where they have the bye this weekend and then coming back full complement the week after to kick on home. Mm. Um, but I think they really let themselves down. And I, I really do like this side. I really do. But there's just, yeah, that was disappointing. Yeah, No doubt. Moses, uh, better second half. Gutherson had a good game. Ferguson, um, good game as well. Manu Ma'u, and they're obviously getting more out of some of those forwards that disappointed last year. I think Kane Evans is slowly starting to play some good footy. Dave Gower, since he's been put on the bench, and Terrapa has been playing good, but he's obviously looking at a bit of a spell now after that swinging arm that he brought all the way. It's mm. uh, a Rapana's face that didn't get him much of an advantage for Canberra. Uh, on their side of things I thought Jack despite the errors had a good game in the first half But parley has been good all year Nick O'Clock for the price tag close to buy the year he had 290 metres an absolute cracker again and Bailey Simonson slowly uh, growing on me his game's been getting better and better he's plenty busy yeah. he's good on his feet Yeah, he was pretty solid again on the weekend but uh, yeah tough one for the Canberra fans out there to lose that one absolutely Warriors Panthers now phew, the way Penrith started the year and again, we talk about issues and noise and off-field and within the club and leaks and assistant coaches and coaches and board members, sex tapes, fucking swapping the coach out. Not any more could probably go wrong at a club. Uh, they, they, were, they were playing dreadful. They grabbed a couple of little shit wins and then they lost five in a row and you just thought, this this is a bonfire. Mm. This is all downhill. This is done. Maloney's leaving the club going overseas which is still probably on the cards but he's not happy everything's not good and then they get to a point where it's just like Ivan said I'm going to start talking to individuals see where their heads are at what they want to do where they want to go forward what they think's wrong etc and obviously looked at a couple of guys that were awarded big contracts before he got there and they started making moves we've seen Brent Naden come in we've seen Mitch Kenny come in we've seen Brian Totler uh, and Munger Blake's just been moved on. There was talk that Campbell Gillard could possibly flick if he doesn't step his game up, which he's doing a better job now. But clearly he's just looking, again, to change the tempo, to change the culture and get things heading in the right direction. And with some of the injection of this fresh blood and Liam Martin, another one, they've now won five in a row. Mm. Given that two of them are against two top sides that had a shitload of injuries and were origin-affected, but you've still got to win the games and you can only beat what's in front of you. But they've Absolutely. beaten Parramatta in a dogfight on a Thursday night where they were desperate and needed to win. They got manly on another shitty Thursday night out here in Penrith in the wet and the cold. The uh, Roosters, Rabbits, two close ones that they needed to scrap out. And now, in a game in New Zealand, post-origin, where not more could have gone against them or gone wrong. They had a try called for Fussy Tour, where it was a no try. They had a sin bidding for repeat infringement, which was fine, but then they've had another sin bidding on the back of that for an absolute bullshit play, which I have no idea how between the referees and the bunker... They couldn't coordinate. That Rogers already knocked the ball on. Then he wasn't tripped over prior to it. So whatever foul play they thought had happened didn't even happen. No, it didn't. Like, it's, he,
0: he looked like he tripped over his own feet. If anything, it was incidental contact. It's like,
1: fuck. He's but he knocked it, it on before ball. he even got to him. Yeah. So it had no effect on the play. Like, it's yeah. insanity. They, they had two different players in the bit. And again, Penrith copped a bit of a, a gift, but at the same time probably a bit of karma, and rightfully so, that Liam Martin got back on the field somehow a minute and a half early. But... Mm. Louie never should have been binned in the first place, but to overcome a 16-6 deficit with two players in the bin and a try called against you. It's
0: the Houdini of the year. That's, that's it was the game.
1: Ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and how the hell did Penrith win that? And it's as much on the Warriors as what it is on Penrith. That's
1: another one for the Warriors we look at. How the uh, fuck did you lose that game? That's why
0: you just, you just never bet on them. When they should absolutely slam dunk, win a game, they lose it. And when they should absolutely slam dunk, lose a game, they win it.
1: Well, you know what I loved about Penrith in this? Their start, like Not only is that defensive intent and attitude, all those little things back that we said, but these young guys have sparked up a few of the old guys that needed to find a bit of fire. Josh Mansell had his best game of the year. Yeah, I
0: agree, He's right. fired up.
1: James Maloney's obviously fired up on the back of some of these changes. and We saw it in Origin and he was instrumental again the other day. Brett Naden was their captain four or so years ago in the under-20s an Australian kangaroo gone the long way around the mountain come back not part of the top 30 getting a crack by a dispensation from the NRL put on a development deal now in their top 30 runs an absolute cracker of a try in for that 80 metre effort at the back end of the game and snatches one out of the air from Roger Tuovas a like they were awesome Kikau is just such a weapon on that left edge as well like yeah and the other thing that's back is the adventure in their attack there was second phase in the weekend. There was offloads. They were risking it to get the biscuit. The set that led to that Naden play, I was absolutely blown away. They were pummeled by the Warriors for three or four tackles there. Caught in their own end. Fisher Harris bounced off somebody, spun back across field and threw a four-man cutout pass to Brent Naden to make that run, where Patrick Herbert, who's actually done a really, really good good job defensively, make that miss before he ran the other end of the field. But I think if you're a Panther fan, that win on the weekend gives you a lot of hope. They're suddenly now on seven wins. They're in that log jam for the bottom part of the eight with the Sharks and I think Parramatta on seven. Um, I don't know what their draw looks like coming up, but they played the Roosters and Souths at the right time. Then you've got a tough win overseas. Depending on what's upcoming, Penrith have put themselves in a really, really good position here to possibly slide into the bottom of the eight on the run home. And- Absolutely.
0: And more... The sides that are around that eight are also not kicking away, are they? You know, I set up when Penrith lost six in a row or whatever it was that they'd have to string as many wins together as they did losses and they've managed to do that to their credit
1: and that's why I'm talking again about the losses on the weekend so Canberra could have jumped put themselves in a log jam with Manly and obviously Newcastle who won seven of eight and then the Eels winning uh, Cronulla losing the Tigers winning again Penrith winning like there's three teams on nine wins there's two teams on eight wins and then there's three teams on seven wins there is a huge log jam and just behind that with a flicker of a heartbeat is the Dragons and the Cowboys on six yeah but bar Melbourne, who have kicked well and clear away on 12 wins, and then you've got the Roos and the Bunnies, who have been sitting here vulnerable for a month and lost four or five games in that period of time, are still sitting second and third because these other teams haven't been able to string wins together. Correct. The only one who's gone on a run is the Penrith Panthers, who have come all the way from the bottom end with two wins and won five in a row, and the Newcastle Knights, who had one win and have now seven of their last eight. Yep. So the teams that have strung together consistent form and wins and fought their way back are outside that top four anyway. Mm. For the Roosters and the Rabbitohs, I'm sitting there going, you beauty. We've had all the injuries in a heavy origin tale and we're still sitting in the top four. Yeah. And for Melbourne, Melbourne obviously having the benefit of having some Kiwi internationals and finding some good depth there, they're sitting there thinking, well, bloody hell, we're basically looking at booking ourselves, hopefully, a home final week one, regardless who we have to play. And if they get a home final week one, that's always a pretty good start for them to it's be heading to mass- a preliminary yeah, Massively. But- uh, for the Panthers, courageous, massive turnaround. Full credit to that side. Full credit to those young players, Ivan Cleary. Uh, and, yeah, just like, again, I think that young blood and some of the shake-up and getting their heads back on track has led to some buy-in from some older guys. James Tarmow has been great this year. Fisher Harris has been excellent every week. Mansour, the fire's been lit under his ass. Naden Maloney's found his form. Uh, for the Warriors, I just feel sorry for Roger Tuivasa-Sheck every single week. 280 metres, busted his ass. Jace Devunga's another guy I love Thought he had a pretty good game Uh, Afoel was good off the bench And molo has been really consistent this year But If anyone could fucking bomb win It's the Warriors Unfortunately Oh yeah The last one for the round Sharks-Dogs Well Johnny Morris Welcome to the NRL His team And he had his first First real blow up Uh, You know He's Apparently, there was talk that the players have kind of talked him into getting Dugan to play centre and push Sherry to the opposite wing and do a bit of a reshuffle on the back line and he's been a bit lenient and he's a bit buddy-buddy. Well, they turn up on the weekend quite cocky thinking they were going to get the job done and they shit the bed against a side that gives their full effort every single week. And if you take them lightly, regardless of who they've got on their side the Bulldogs, they'll bite you on the ass. Absolutely. They almost got Melbourne. They've almost rolled a few teams. They've had a couple of bigger losses, but you can't disrespect them and... No, not taking anything away from the Bulldogs, but I thought the Sharks disrespected them yesterday. I really do.
0: They did, no Um, doubt. What other excuse do they have?
1: The start, the errors were abhorrent. They rushed. They were impatient. They just thought they could score whenever they wanted. Matt Moylan had an absolute shocker. Five errors, threw some dog shit passes, dropped some footy. Sean Johnson's goal kicking since he's been back two weeks in a row has really hurt them, and his game management as well. He had three errors. He missed every shot at goal. Uh, there's no excuse for the Sharks, but the, the last opportunity they had, which they didn't deserve, where Jack Williams almost ran it in, and Chad Townsend, who I think has been great this year, but how he didn't go through the hands with that four on two and he kicked on play one there, that'll fucking do me. Um, even the man that was out there rushed in. like it Just through the hands, they would have got that done in the corner. But Sean Johnson in particular, like I said, and Matt Moyle, and two guys that have come back in and I thought would have raised their fortunes, yeah, it, it, five errors and three, like eight errors between two guys that are on seven, eight hundred thousand, nine hundred thousand, and your goal kicker. Like I don't know if he's been practicing or not, but Kyle Flanagan was kicking better, and Chad Townsend at this point in time would probably be a better option to goal kick because Sean Johnson's form is dog shit. with the They ball.
0: were very, very much underwhelming.
1: The error count was seventeen to six. But yeah, cocky, impatient, and then bowing to his players if he did is the wrong move because Sherry been playing in the centres with Morris and Dugan on the wing with the set starts with Fecky has been doing a good job. Um, and they even got Woods back yesterday. So they were as close to as full strength as they are possibly going to get besides Fafita, who was suspended, and they shit the bed. <laughs> they shut the bed all right. And, again, we talk about losses. The bad start against Canberra and almost winning that game, which they didn't now, losing this one, puts them in a position where they would have been sitting right on the edge of the four there. And this period's kind of been friendly to them because they've only had Wade Graham come in late and Morris play one game during Origin. Now they're going to have to win games at the back end of the year to fight for that top-four spot. Because those losses now put you in the bottom part of the eight, and you've got to drag a few games back, which is real disappointing. Because this, realistically, yeah, should be a team. Two, there's two in a row that they've bombed, and they won through that tough period when they were missing players. So this, full credit to the Bulldogs, and in particular, you know, four started red hot before he got injured. Then Brandon Wakem, who debuted for Fiji last week, the young under twenties player came and got his opportunity. Uh, struggled a little bit defensively, but I thought he kicked well. He did his job to close out the game when he came in. Michael Leisha obviously, spent a shitload of time in cup this year, and Dean Pay has been chopping and changing left, right, and centre. He made the most of his opportunity. Papa Wadi. Tolman in game 250 was pretty good as well. Uh, big win, big huge win. win, and I guess the big thing for them is, like I said, that effort's still there every single week. And I feel bad for a guy like Josh Jackson because the environment. And having a fight through that every week. But um, it's guys like that you're really happy for when they do eventually get those kind of wins. Because he's just wholehearted every single week. Yeah. Bulldogs fans, I'm sure you enjoyed that one. And uh, yeah, some positives for you. Good times.
0: they're now equal bottom. Not bottom, but equal bottom. So the Titans better pull that finger out of the Anus.
1: Oof, they better. They better. All right, let's go. Fan questions, we're on. Lay Le Lewis past Brock. How did the Raiders stop choking when they've got a decent lead? Well, they've been a bit better this year, let's be honest, in that regard, as far as getting a lead and holding on to it. But the last two games is where it's crept in. They almost blew that game against uh, the Sharks, and obviously composed with the weekend. That was just errors. Errors and a lack of composure. Not willing to get into the, the arm wrestle. They're one of the better defensive sides this year. I, I thought that kind of went out the window as well on the weekend. They were quite poor. Yeah. But I think overall... Uh, you know, because it hasn't been as, com- as common a theme this year, I- I- I'll let it slide. But again, that-, that was a big blow as far as not, not getting himself secure for the top four. But they've shown the mental fortitude for the most part yeah. view, defensively. I don't know where it's gone the last two games, but they need to find it again quick. Yeah. Joel Braddock, any changes to the top eight? And is the top four sorted? I
0: think the top four is sorted. Top eight, there'll be a few changes as always.
1: Well, The, the top three is an unnegotiable, I think. We've said that a million times Storm South Roosters The top eight There may be a one or two Come in and out of the bottom side But I think Raiders Newcastle Sharks All find themselves in Manly So there's only Probably that one spot left Yeah Realistic I'd be happy to say That probably seven of those teams Get in The Buckster Says hey boys Would love to know your thoughts On what your most embarrassing Moment on the field was When you were playing And badly bombed tries Or anything silly To lose a game
0: Nah but I had a shit haircut In a TV game for dummies. Yeah. No. I put some lines in the side of my head for a game against... Love it. Uh, Westfield Sports High.
1: I don't know. I, I'm a bit semi. I don't think I've had a really bad moment or anything like that. I think, like, embarrassing moment or something I was embarrassed about. I got
0: daxed in one game. Pants, pants pulled down, but my old fella was facing the grass, so I was only arse up.
1: Outstanding.
0: But after that, I always did the drawstring up really tight because I was pretty relaxed, you know, like, socks up, but... Jersey just tucked in, drawstring undone, and yeah, come undone that game. Uh,
1: I think it, I, well, it wasn't embarrassing by my own moment, but we had a game where we had a lot of injuries in an MCS grand final at Dom's. He it played was, on the Sting. It was embarrassing for me because our coach, uh, he made some changes there and I ended up out in the Sting with another bloke in the centres and I was in middle. Yeah. So, I, you know.
0: I played a whole season on the wing when I got glandular fever. Yeah. I went from, the, uh, from lock, like a middle lock to... Uh, the wing well, this, lost 20 kilos this
1: was really difficult because for people that don't understand you obviously will MCS they used to pick the New South Wales Triple C team but mm-hmm. they usually do it outside of our season they pick the Triple C team to play the week of our grand final so <laughs> us and St. Greg's lost all our CCC players had a complete fucking shit mix of players in our teams it wasn't even close to full strength and then after a couple of injuries we all ended up in random spots so our blokes put a crossfield kick in I've, I'm playing front row at this age group I've never stood on the wing I've never caught a bomb. I've never caught a kickoff. There's made another bloke out there who's also never played there. There's about five who's gone up like absolute retards. Basically, all clash chances. The ball's landed in the goal, and St. Greg scored right on the death to beat us. So I wasn't feeling too good about myself that day. Mm. But, yeah, I'm not a winger. Far from it. No. So that was probably the most embarrassing. Baxter, also, luck with injuries is a big part of a career. Are there any former or current players you think... Could have been elite if injuries didn't intervene. Any guys who you can think that only played 50 or so games that could have played original for Australia. Well, actually, off like games in the NRL that got injured. It's hard off the top of my head at this time of night. As far as I I think we spoke before about guys that we saw come through the grades that barely played or should have played. You know, NRL or a lot of rep football. I've said one before and I'll say it again. I, I played them at school football. Greg Waddell. he signed the biggest schoolboy contract at the time. Very unlucky. He had a couple of horrible injuries in a row and never ended up playing first grade. He just had knee after knee after knee after knee. But I have no doubt in my mind that if Greg Waddell played first grade, he definitely would have played rep football. Mm. Uh, he was just one of those guys that was just very unlucky. But off the top of my head, like 50 gamers or guys that... Got a start and then got injured. I think
0: Nick Koseff would be one. He had a lot of knee injuries. Yeah, I think he played or he happened to retire. Yeah, I think he also played for Australia. But I think he would have been remembered probably more fondly. Might have been yeah, but his injuries probably cooled him a little bit. That's one off the top of my head.
1: Gav Ernie Oz, two hundred and fifty plus shows and counting. Six grand finals during the life of the podcast. The premieres in that time: twenty thirteen, the Roosters; twenty fourteen, Rabbits; twenty fifteen, Cows; twenty sixteen, Sharks. 2017 Storm and the 2018 Roosters. What is your premier's power ranking? Mm.
0: I go 17 Storm as one. I was going to say. I, 18 I, Roosters as two. So, 15 Cowboys, three. 16 Sharks, four. No, actually. No, I was gonna say that the, the Rooster's
1: twenty thirteen side was pretty good. Yeah,
0: I don't know. i look what I would say is that the, best the last side two that. are the best two.
1: The, yeah, the best two I'd say with you. If you want to Storm seventeen was if you want us to go one and two, I'd want to see Storm's twenty seventeen side play this Rooster's twenty eighteen yeah. side. Because the difference last year was their forward pack and their bench, whereas in twenty seventeen the Melbourne Storm had Nelson. Well, Also, you put Kronk Harris in, swap Kronk over. Well that's it. Yeah. So Kronk Basically, can't play in both. So you, you've made a good point. You put Cronk back in, with Munster, with Billy Slater and the bench we had that year with Nelson Tohu still been there, etc. That was a loaded forward pack. Jordan yeah. McLean was still there too. Mm. So yeah, that, that'd be a formidable game. Those two, I think. Jaden Cecil, thoughts on bringing about Ash Taylor next week? Riley Jacks through a hospital ball every time to Kevin Proctor on the weekend. And I'd
0: rather I'd rather Riley Jacks every day of the week. And over I'd rather Ash.
1: Jacks' defence every day of the week over Ash. So. Yeah, whether he's not the class of player, at least you know what you're going to get every week, effort-wise, and especially defensively. <laughs> he cut his head and he ran himself back in the line. I've seen Ash Taylor barely get hit after kicking and someone's love tapped him and he lays down and tries to find a way to get off the field. So, Ugh. yeah, no dice for me. Matty Lewin, will Brock survive dry July if Kevy gets the Titans job after Mal throws Brennan under the bus and Kevy gets a four-year contract to turn him into a powerhouse?
0: Nothing will. We're
1: not, we're not doing dry July anyway, Matty, don't you worry.
0: I haven't had a beer in a
1: long time, but. We're going to be drinking at Origin. That's happening.
0: Yeah. We're, definitely. Getting, we're
1: getting on. David definitely. White, what did you think of the Sims tackle? What else could have been done? Have you ever seen when Big Mal ran over David Truella? I don't know if it's on YouTube. No. Oh, uh, uh,
0: Sims tackle we've been over.
1: I, I have to look up the David Truella thing, but yeah, that, that might have uh, been a big, little bit.
0: Big Mal. Yeah, I've seen him stiff arm a few
1: people with the ball. Oh, I've seen bulldoze a few blokes. Some, some of the stuff I've seen is ridiculous. It's like a Mack truck just hit the wombat it's not fair Daniel Friend who's leading player of the series for origin I think Tedesco Tedesco. Tedesco's had two absolute corkers and not really been spoke about in all honesty Jake's had uh, a really good second game I think his first game was solid without that being outstanding but if Tedesco's not leading it I don't know how the bloody polling ended up this year but yeah if Tedesco's not leading it I'm not here James Hughes what would you do with Darius Boyd drop him Uh,
0: yeah he's got to perform this week
1: or have a meeting Gonski's have a meeting with him a serious sit down and ask him what he wants to do thing is he's cop captain if not they need to pull a GI I know GI was injured but they need to pull some kind of way for him to say that he just can't go on and give him a job and pay him the money over a long period of time because that, that money can't stay the cap and I, I highly doubt he's going to be happy playing cup but they're going, to, they're going to get to a point there where they're going to have to try and force him I think if he doesn't want to go and he's playing the way he is they're just going to have to try and ice him
0: mm.
1: as rough as that is that's the business these days but yeah Chris Cohen, on the back of the eye gouge, what's the worst bit of foul play, uh, foul play either of you boys have either copped or seen in your time? I think- Adrian Morley's
0: hit on Robbie Kearns in the first tackle was pretty... Nah. Um, no, Hoppawato's no, no, no. elbow on Keith Galloway oh, that, was that was horrendous that was his debut that was horrendous that was his debut that's the worst one I've ever seen
1: what about that your debut game uh, you're so happy like it's the greatest day of your life and John Hoppawato on the back end of his career just goes "I can smell the cheese uh, and I've you. seen like playing I've seen some ordinary shit I'm um, I think you've forgotten the one that I was going to say the most ordinary thing I've ever seen is Danny Wood oh, King, oh. king at Mark it Mark O'Neill he just that was red like, that, that shit get you put in jail yeah that was cow punch. Danny Williams went and just... That was cow punch. Hey, he knocked his block off, put him to sleep. He got like 16, 18 weeks or something for that. That was disgusting. Mm. Um, <laughs> park footy, like, like Brock, I get park footy, he's seen some bad shit. Yeah. He's seen some real bad shit. I'll tell you the worst thing I have seen. it was actually an accident. Going back to dommy footy again. First ever game at St. Dom's, we played Pats on the main field, which was like the big thing when you are there. Had this real rough game with Blacktown. It was getting grabby, as But this guy went to make a tackle, went around the bootlaces of one of our players, and when he's like tried to kick out, he got him in the eye and like slick his eye open. Like they had his retina and all his shit fall out like on the field. That is the most graphic thing I've ever seen. At the time, I was like, wow, if every week's gonna be like this, I'm in big trouble." Yeah. That's yeah, that was rough. Uh, and that poor bastard. I, I don't know what ended up happening with that, but that's the most graphic thing I've ever yeah. seen. Good. Like a stud in the eye. Like, just shred. That's, yeah, that was awful. All right, let's go. Ben let's Blakey, Boyd finally getting dropped.
0: Is he? Well, Hopefully so.
1: There's been talk about it, but we won't know until tomorrow's lineups. But with the origin changes and Milford apparently being injured now, I highly doubt they're going to be able to drop him this week, unfortunately. Andrew Wales, a bit of a depressed Sharks fan here. I hope the Sharks can pull it together against the Broncos. How do you guys see Clemmer being snubbed? Does Freddie just want to move on? No,
0: nah. Just rewarding the players that got the job done.
1: They dusted him, as we said earlier, by 36. The only try they got was a penalty try. He'll be back in next year. But for now, unless Sims gets suspended, which will probably happen, he'll probably get in. Um, yeah, they're just rewarding that 7-0. Shane Addard. Brock, why is the breast piece your favourite piece of KFC chicken? So dry and stringy. Surely the thigh is the best. So tender and juicy. Uh, I'm not happy with, until I have oil <laughs> running down my uh, arm.
0: That's the whole reason I hate thighs, nah, man. The
1: best one's the drumstick. Thigh's filth. Drumsticks are lazy. Anything
0: though. related to chicken leg, wing, or uh, or just leg in general? No. Thigh. Drumstick and rib. Shove it up your ass. Drumstick
1: <laughs> and rib. Give me any piece, I don't no, care.
0: Breast with some chicken. Gravy. Uh, sorry, with some gravy and some chips. Hello.
1: Shane, you're speaking my language, brother. Drumsticks and ribs oh, from bacon. Ribs you got the f- most meat and drumsticks. Are ribs, a lot.
0: The rib piece has got breast on it.
1: I think fuck. It's tasty. You're a goose. Give me the rib. It's the same And the drum thing. is the lazy man's piece of chicken. I'm all about the yeah. drumstick. Yeah. Pat Crosby. Darius being laid down Sally. Judging by his body language, and lack of enthusiasm. It's got to be time to give it away. Back to the voluntary tackle. Maybe opposition should do a bit more to discourage the practice rather than just placing hand on them. Mm. Hard to argue.
0: Hard to argue.
1: Yeah, can't go much further than that. Jason Lambie, hey fellas, asking a question on behalf of a newly converted listener, Tristan Hills. welcome champion. Boxhead, how did you get end up stuck going for
0: the uh, title? I, I was a Fitler fan, so when he was at Penrith, yeah. as a kid I supported him, then he went to the Roosters and he retired. After that, Uh became a fan of Scott Prince, Prince moved to the Titans, new club, so I jumped on.
1: Yep, fair enough. Simple semi. as that. Uh, Warwick Boone says, I'd like to know how much first grade coaches actually watch lower grades and teenagers coming through, or do they mainly rely on scouts?
0: Mainly rely on scouts. They don't have enough time.
1: Yeah, they've got a lot going on. You'd like to think they'd be able to watch a little bit more, but you see them generally... it's very
0: important, the people around you, the people you employ, you've got to be able to trust them.
1: Yeah, that's why there's recruitment managers and scouting departments, all those sorts of things at those different levels. But yeah, you'll see them generally at games at times. I saw Michael McGuire when I called again on the weekend watching Cup, but... Uh, It depends where they are that week Depends where they're travelling to Depends if the 20s and that Are all in the same place For them to go see it Like they they can't do it Week in week out Sam Sullivan Bit different But any chance you fellas Could do a bit of research And find out What a bunch of past players Are up to these days And how life after footy is going We'd be interested to hear What the fellas we idolised As kids Are up to these days That's
0: fair well, Someone wants to pay me a full-time wage.
1: That's, that's been the Reach main out. issue, Sammy. That's, that's, that's not out. a knock or a sarcasm, but, yeah, I think the big issue for us is Might more week-to-week week and relevant stuff. If we could talk about footy and dig up all bits and pieces, we'd love to, but we've got I full-time. I think Jeff
0: Toovey's moved back. He's now in accounting. Accounting. I know Brett Kenny was he was doing bricks,
1: yeah, and laboring. Coach Jersey Flagg, did yeah. a couple of bits and pieces there. Luke Prittis, see him around Penrith still. He's into accounting all Pritt-O, that as well. Yeah. He's got his charity as well. Um, I know Waterhouse, I worked with one of the Waterhouses Trent got himself a fiery gig, moved down the coast for a bit there He was playing football, he was also elect- doing my job for a bit He was well, Jeff, lines Dan-
0: with- Jeff Daniela played for Penrith, Penrith Titans Tigers. Working at my school in the Klontarf, Um Indigenous program So, a so is Luke Swain
1: Yeah, there's a couple of dudes, a bit of life after football stuff There you go, so, there you go. Simon Tag, hi guys, you probably have, but if you haven't seen it yet the Facebook page, Footy Smiles. Yeah, Bob, yeah. you put that up. Yeah, it put says it up. Here, Great stories of players making real positive impacts, connection with their fans. Doesn't yeah. sell papers, but it should.
0: Those boys are doing a cracker job. Mate, great page.
1: Uh, not enough of the good stuff's acknowledged, we've said it in the past. For all the bad, there's a lot of good that players do week in, week out that never gets acknowledged. So yeah, anything that acknowledges that is a great idea. David Agerio. hi guys, love the show. How do you think that Dan Ganain is the? Uh, no, do so you do think, think Dan Ganain yeah. is the best call in the game? I love his passion, and professionalism. Goodbye. He's one of the best. He's bloody good on radio. I said it a couple of years ago. And the biggest thing I love about Dan Ganain, I love is Rabs. Is Rabs. I have Smith. zero idea if he supports a club or likes a club. Um, he engages well with the people around him and gets them involved in the call. And he's always straight down the line. Mm. Um, there's no bullshit with Dan Ganane. David Hooper. Coming into the business end of the season, who are the dark horses to watch? Manly comes to mind, but the draw is not easy. Thanks, fellas. Well, we've, I think I said it earlier. Brock's has touched on it before. I think Manly, with the right run on their side, could sneak into a prelim. I think the Sharks, again, if everything was to get it right, could sneak into a prelim. Canberra, in all honesty, if they got it right, similar kind of boat, but...
0: I think every team outside the Roosters and the Storm would have to be considered a dark Oh, I don't know.
1: See us on best.
0: Sorry, point. see us. Yeah, those th- three. Th-
1: those three teams we just mentioned. If Newcastle could pull everything together, maybe, but they got a bit of a reality check last week against Melbourne. Mm. So, I think those four of anyone. But you look at their arc,
0: yeah. Newcastle's arc, they, they look shot after that game against the Titans. And they've Improved out of sight Of of
1: those four teams Speaking of what we said Earlier about Manly If you want to talk about Anyone that could get Into a prelim And upset somebody Or get to a prelim I think those four Could potentially
0: Yeah
1: One of them will probably End up in one of that Anyway because of that top three But one of them To knock off one of those teams One of those four On their best day I think And outside of that I'd find it hard For anyone else
0: Yeah
1: uh, Shazil shakes says I've got two changes I propose for next season and want to get your thoughts one like sevens if you cop a penalty or a changeover you put the ball down immediately no kicking away or holding on it because it's time wasting and it leads to handbags at ten paces and number two when the shot clock runs the game clock doesn't gives more time for great finish instead of someone scoring a try at five minutes to go celebrating and then taking your shot down to two and a half minutes of game time hmm.
0: hey, things need to be done with the clock yeah I think that might extend the game too much, but yeah, there's definitely they need to look at it.
1: Yeah, I think the other thing as well, changes like we we all ask for a lot of changes, the things we're not happy with. I think we change too often. Mm. Uh, major issues, hundred percent. But yeah, I, I don't want to tamper with too much to do with the clock anymore. That's for sure. There's been. A I agree lot
0: the with last putting the years. ball down, but there's a lot of holding yeah, on the ball, there's and a lot of and throwing the ball and away, wasting time. And- yeah.
1: Ian Stanmore, thought you might find this interesting. There is a lot of talk amongst us Souths members fans that the Burgess eye gouge was intentional so that he could be released from his contract as a result. Can't say he looks happy on the rugby league field, but what did oh, I say
0: before?
1: I honestly agree with you, mate. I think the whole situation, big offer to go to Eels, didn't take it. Once the stay with his brothers, apparently they told him, it's up to your performance if you want to stay here. They've obviously spent a lot of that money since then and he's in a position where they're probably not going to offer him and I think he found a way out for the rest of the year. Mm. Um, he's definitely not happy, but... If anything, yeah, I think that's something you might look back on in the future if that was the case and you'll be disappointed because I think he could have really been helpful off the bench for them later in the year for that 25, 30 minutes. He can make an impact on the game, but now he's probably going to be rubbed out. Yeah. Cam moving. Which coach is the first to get the bullet? Brennan, Pay, Kearney, or Green? That's well,
0: not even a question.
1: It's I Brennan. think we all know it's going to be Garth Brennan. And also, what's your thoughts on the nr running and come out and admit making errors that have impacts on I results? I like it. Owning it.
0: Trying to get better.
1: Previously, it's, it's not ideal that they
0: don't impact result.
1: Yeah, but it's been a shit fight previously to get end up to anything. Gary yeah. Ennisley comes out every week, cops on the chin, highlights the issues, runs through. I love it. Okay, yeah. It's great what they're doing this year.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, whether you know, it costs you a result or not, at least they're owning the behaviour. And hopefully, as we said, the further things go along, we don't see as much. But this week was a bit of a bad blip on the radar where a lot of things went wrong, unfortunately. Vandal Cricket thoughts on the Sim suspension seems a bit odd to me even as a Cowboys fan. Well, we've run through that one, mate, but uh, I think he couldn't have got pinned at a worse time given uh, the NRL's yeah. direction this week uh, Jimmy Gormey says is there any truth to the rumor that Chad Townsend is the understudy in the halves for game three well given what they've said today uh, I guess we won't know until they get in the field sometimes they've named 18 but brought extras into camp but I heard the similar yesterday I think James Hooper reported they were going to bring Townsend into shadow Cleary in case he pulled out but from the way they talked about it earlier that's not going to be the case mm. it'll be Wade Graham going in the halves if Cleary misses out and Gutherson and coming on the bench as a utility but um, I guess you can only watch the news stuff during the week and see if they have any extras in camp. Yeah. Greg Bale. Sure, the refereeing on the weekend has to get a mention. Bunker more worried about time taken and the right call. How long does a warning for repeated penalties last? Ten minutes after the warning or multiple sets and still get sin bin. but you can take someone's head off and not copper sit-down. Well, like we said before, I think this weekend was, yeah, it was a bit of a shit fight, obviously. Hopefully, it's just a blip on the radar because for the most part of the year, we haven't seen... Many clangers. We saw a couple of absolute shockers on the weekend um, with decisions with penalties, things that have now led to suspensions, and some decisions on field like the sin binning, the player get back on early in Liam Martin, and the Fushi Tour try, as well as the Nicora try as well in that game, where he had the ball raked out, did touch it, and knock it on, and that was let go as well. So let's really hope that's a blip on the radar. Dane Johnson's over the inconsistency with players eye gouging to be found guilty. That means there is intent and purpose, regardless of whether the player receiving it makes a complaint or not. There are no great areas in eye gouging as opposed to high tackles, and should be mandatory long suspensions. What do you guys think? Well, I assume this is linking back to what I said the other week about Maguire, and I 100 percent agree. There's no black and white area with eye gouging. No, There's not. If you no. gouge someone, if I gouge someone, Matty White, Brock. I was one to think Ash was going to be a big part of the problem at the Gold Coast Titans, but after the weekend, do the Titans need a clean out? And would Ash Taylor look better playing with, say, the Roosters?
0: Oh, Ash Taylor would look good playing with the Roosters or Melbourne.
1: I don't think he, I don't know if he'd Ash buy Taylor
0: him. is. There's no there's no way to get a read on Ash Taylor at the moment because he's not playing to his potential. So it's it's very hard to know what impact he's going to have the on time, the Titans team or any other team.
1: A Trent Robinson or a Craig Bellamy would demand even more of what's been asked him. Where he would is. have been gone earlier, yeah. and they they wouldn't have given him a million dollars. No, this is the difference. So
0: yeah. Look, I, I, I sympathise with these off-field issues, but I think they've just manifested themselves.
1: Yep. Nathan Kama, how annoying is it when you get hit with a seven-tackle set for knocking on when going for a try? Yeah, it nearly makes you think that players should pull out of attempting to oh, score if it's more than likely to don't be Don't
0: start me on seven-tackle sets. Well,
1: it's a shit rule when it happens in that regard, or like you said before, a contest in the end goal when there's a kick or something like that and you knock it dead and you get close. There's a few situations where it's just a dog shit rule. Josh Reed, should every drop ball be deemed a loose carry? It seems like loose carries are getting let off too many times and defenders who are just trying to defend the ball are getting penalised. Or The one that frustrates me more than anything we talked about this other week is when you've engaged to tackle a player and your eyes aren't even on the ball and you get a touch on them trying to pass it or putting it, you know, a pass in at a time where they're engaged and you get six again for an incidental touch like if you're throwing a shit pass and you're about to get jammed you don't deserve six tackles again yeah. I reckon that should be a knock on Thomas Vaughan hey gents what do you think about the one-on-one strip ball and what it has become I don't like what it's he becoming. can't stand it
0: yeah I tend to agree I don't like the players pinning holding players up and then dropping out of the tackle
1: I love it I reckon it's tactical it's good
0: I, I understand why it's happening yeah but I don't, I don't Love but
1: also it. look at players like I think it was Crichton on the weekend who has a loose carry and twice he lost the football. Like That's on you. If you're going into contact with a shit loose carry and you lose the ball consistently, that, that's on you to fix up your, your grip. And as an NRL player, stock standard that you catch, carry, grip, something that should be solid And at that level, a guy who's played origin. You can't be losing the football twice in the same game from one-on-one strips. Mm. So part of the accountability, that's the reason I like the rules on the player, to have better ball security. Um, in all situations and be aware during a game. Adam Chandler says, should the NRL make a show similar to NFL game day?
0: Yeah, I'd love to see it. The only thing is 80% of the NFL games are played on Sunday.
1: Yeah, true that. Duncan Bridgeford are you surprised that Pierce has overlooked for Origin. I get the feeling clearly must be a good chance of playing. Hard to see Pierce being in the squad only as a backup, I guess. Mm. I think part yeah, I think of it and Badeirus mentioned chance, it. it. Apply. We could mention it, but I think Badiris already touched And it. I'd think they didn't want the sideshow. Whether Cleary plays or not, they didn't want Pierce coming into camp, I think, for the whole distraction and story that would have come with that. And he's already skipped out on the first two games through the injury side of things. So I can understand part of that from the New South Wales perspective as well. Yeah. Ben Roberts, is there any players that you know of coming to the junior ranks that will impress in the future?
0: It's two that i would say from Tiger's flag. I'm doing a little bit with the Tigers, West Tigers flag at the moment. Jordan Main, who's a locked middle, very good player, and Jock Madden, who's...
1: I watched played him on the Cup halves. on the weekend. He's only 9-8. He played up. I'll tell you what impressed me. I think he was from the 20s set up last year, and he's impressed me the last few weeks. It's two of them, actually, and I think they both come from the 20s. One's still eligible, Alex Safarth. Bit of an angry rate redhead. Yeah. And uh, another one's a guy they got from, I think, Newcastle, Sam McIntyre. He's been pushed out of their starting lineup a few times, but every time I watch him play Cup, he's only 21 years old. He's another one of these guys. It's not the biggest player, but uh, his attitude, his defense, his character, like, everything about him, he... He's a guy that I think will definitely be in the top thirty next year. Other junior players, I think you'll see one this week that we watched the other week, Xavier coach for the Broncos. Mm. Just turned eighteen, debuted for Papua New Guinea. In the 18s origin game, it was embarrassing. Like he would have broke double figure tackles. He was he's a freak. He's gonna be a good footballer. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then <coughs> we mentioned Joseph me. Sawali before from the Rabbitohs. We've watched the last two 16. years. 16. Mm. 16 this year. Played Matt's year young last year. Dominated. Signed long-term for South. He played
0: Matt's both years.
1: Yeah. He, he's a long-term prospect uh, prospect for South Sydney to play fullback or centre 5'8". But Joseph Sawali, remember that name if you're a South fan. Ben Lloyd. What's the story with Board? Why is he playing this bad? Does he need Wayne that badly or is it South Grapes? I don't think it's sour grapes or any, I think he's
0: just not playing well
1: not playing well I don't think he's willing to put his body on the line I think bikes just get to a point in time where they're probably lying to themselves and if, if he's saying he's in his best physical shape of his career and he's having a crack I think he's taking the piss
0: mm.
1: uh, in all honesty I don't think it's got anything to do with Wayne I think mean, it's just got to a point where he's got to decide whether he's willing to put his body on the line or not and if not he needs to step aside or the Broncos are going to have to do what we said before and have a tough conversation not ice him out of that club yeah. rightly or wrongly um, <clears throat> it's a big hunk of salary cap that's tied up that's for sure Peter Dennis do you prefer shade brew or under that's a Pete well Peter's the family guy
0: because if you're presenting either you're wearing a size too small yeah sort your sizing you know what I way.
1: prefer just boobs not side boobs, <laughs> under boob. I just like boobs there you go super Luke Fenex says Bronco's junior talent so I guess in terms of talking about it well we said it before Xavier Coates this week sang uh, plenty there Centre winger, Corey Page has been upgraded to the half set up. Centre winger, fullback, 19 year old playing Cup this week, who's likely to get a debut soon. Herbie Farnsworth. Uh, you've obviously seen plenty of them play this year. There's a lot coming through, and they're rebuilding and using those kids, obviously, for the future. <laughs> Brennan Savage, Tommy Turbo, Ponga Tedesco. You can pick one to sign at age 18 on a 15 year deal. Who do you choose with injuries well, not being a factor? Ooh, I was going to say. <coughs> oh, That's a good question. I'm going to take Tedesco. I'm
0: going to take Ponga. And I don't like little grub at the moment. (laughs) He's annoying me.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm just going off the basis of what you're seeing in their games and their development. Obviously, Ponga and Turbo have got a lot more time to develop.
0: During Origin, I just hate every Queensland player. But
1: I think Tedesco's development as a ball player, the fact that he plays through the middle of the field, the change of direction, popping up on short sides, defensively organized, I think he does all that stuff. To a very, very high level. I think Tommy is as a ball player and as a runner is outstanding, but he's got a lot of errors in his game some weeks. So I think that <clears throat> can let him down. And I don't know, uh, you know, week to week, is if he's cons- as consistent as a James Tedesco. Calen Ponga is the best ball player out of all three of them. But I also That's think Ponga. that Calen Ponga is not as tough as James Tedesco. I think Calen Ponga doesn't like getting touched up. So not at the moment. At the moment, I, out of those three, from what I've seen and development wise, I'd say Tedesco. Michael Johnson is Corey Thompson one of the most underrated players in the comp I spoke about it before, just mentioned yeah. it earlier so <clears throat> if you didn't get a look in for Queensland do you think he would look out of place with the Maroons jersey I love the heart he plays with every week I don't think he's up to origin I think the point of time they're at mate as well I'm not saying anyone's ever too old to debut but at 29, 30 years old I don't think they're looking for a short term solution for a winger
0: but would he look out of place no
1: no he wouldn't look out of place but I think mainly just on age they're not looking for that Adam Mingaro, why do you support the Storm and the Titans well I think we've gone through this one. Yeah, a fair few times Brock already <coughs> mentioned his one earlier mine was just more the age I was growing up uh, you know Melbourne coming to the fore the players I was a big fan of Robbie Kearns oh sorry not Robbie Kearns i will mixed up the bloody names now because I'm bloody half asleep sitting here Tawira Nickow I was a huge fan of uh, obviously Glenn Lazarus that was one that I used to get caught a lot because I was a bit of a big kid Try the brick with eyes Robbie Ross all just kind of came together at the right time Stephen Kearney etc um, it is what it is and I think I mentioned before, we used to go to Penrith games on some of the weekends and I always used to bet against Penrith to lose. So let's just say I was a shit kid and I never liked the Panthers <laughs> for some apparent reason. But yeah, old Pete Murphy, one of Brock's mates dads, used to sit on the hill and bet me every week and I'd say, Penrith, were are going to lose tonight, they suck. And I took a lot of money off him because yeah. at the time we used to go, Penrith did so. So yeah, there you go. Jason McQueenie, Guthson, back up half for game three. Thoughts? Well, he's not the back up half, he's realistically... The utility, but utility. I guess if Wade Graham or one of them went down, he would have to play in the halves as a ball. Question running, probably
0: is, who would you have?
1: I still would pick Madison, but they're obviously looking for more complete coverage, so they've decided to go for a fullback centre wing who can also play <clears> six. <throat> so mm. yeah, last one, Andrew Barry. Even though he's injured this week, Milford at fullback. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I like
1: it. I prefer it a lot more than I just don't
0: like Darius at six.
1: And I think he sparked their attack a bit more, but obviously their forward pack needs to do a better job for him to be more effective. But there you go. Plenty of fan questions, even though we chucked him in late. Thanks for all those. Getting into our gossip now from Mr. Gossip, and obviously looking at our tips and bets for this week, brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. Uh, Keep your eyes out for their betting package. If they don't get a profit... On the year, you get next year's for free, but they're doing quite well this year. At this point in time, they have 17.24 units of profit. As we've said before, a unit of profit is the unit you bet. So if you bet $10 and you've got $17, you've got one hundred seventy dollars profit. If you're doing $100 units, 17 obviously, you've got yourself a fair bit more cash there. Their profit on turnover is 5.40%. And they had a very, very good week this week with their line betting. They went three from four, including their best bet, which was Manly minus four and a half. They had the Eels plus two and a half. They had the Storm minus one and a half. The only line they lost this week was Broncos plus three and a half, but three from four. Very good by the boys there at the Pro Sports Syndicate. So keep your eyes open for their betting package and any of their best bets. The Pro Sports Syndicate, there's no better mob to bet with. Now, moving on to Mr. Gossip Gossip. And he's got a few bits for us this week, Boxhead. So, kicking off. Jackson Hastings has signed with Wigan, and that Wigan and that rules out a return to the NRL. Yeah,
0: I uh, think he's best off staying over there, Jackson. He's playing good footy, he seems happy.
1: Even after a year of good football, I didn't think anyone was going to take a risk on him. And on top of that, if he doesn't land with a good club, I don't think it's going to work out with him well, given the personality that he is. And that, that's no knock on the kid. But if well, he's, he came... he's
0: maturity, He's now yeah. on Sky over there. He's... He's doing co-presenting. Yeah, he's on a lot of the coverage. I think he's found he's found a a good spot over there. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't come back if I was Jackson. Not, not
1: after one year. I think in a couple of years, if he dominates, as he is, going, going to be similar time. to Blake Green. Blake he's Green still, spent. Four he's even four younger years, though. He's younger. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So if he comes back 23, yeah. 24, there's going to be plenty of time. But I just think for right now, like you're saying, maturity-wise. Like, if, say, if the Bulldogs or someone signed him, it's not a good situation to come back to. I think you'd find problems, no. not personally, but just you wouldn't enjoy it. I think in a couple of years' time, if someone like him, Melbourne or the Roost or someone's willing to have a, him again, and they're in a good situation with a, a strong foundation and a, a good coach, it'd be ideal because he's a talented player. But I don't think after one year it's ideal. So, uh, Reese Martin, obviously, he has here to the Titans. We heard that one yesterday live on the air. Last minute release to go over and play for the Leeds Rhinos. Well, we yet. need
0: something because we just released Matt Parcell. Can you believe that?
1: They traded him, didn't they? You, you took Shaun. Flipped lunt. In for lunt. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't oh understand my that. God. What's going on there?
0: It's like they're trying to get fucking relegated.
1: Yeah, I was, was going to say Reese Martin at the Super League. I think suits. And no offence to Bulldogs fans again. I've seen people blown up today going, "Oh my God, I can't believe we let him go." Super coach, killer, and all that. That's half your problem for a lot of people out there. You're judging off super coach because he kicked you some goals and won you I some games Jamie like Sheard shit.
0: went off as well on social media saying...
1: Saying he can't get a run on the worst team in the competition, etc. I can't believe one NRL club isn't willing to have him, especially the worst one in the comp. But no offence to Jamie Sheard, but last year even though he's not playing the best this year they had Fytale Mar in a play for New Zealand who's in red hot form Josh Jackson who's a more damaging edge back row and a better ball runner and defensively I think is the big issue for Reese Martin I think the other thing that's been overlooked I think Reese Martin's only a year younger than me mm. so if he's 28 years old just broke the a grave and we also don't know about his training ethic his work. he seems like a I good character I was going to say but we don't know again behind yeah. closed doors so.
0: can he play 80 in the back row
1: well, I think the bigger issue from the stuff I've seen is defensively on an edge mm. uh, he's good with the ball he can ball play he comes through the juniors at the Roosters even played a bit of six played there at the Townsville Blackcourt, he's a good goal kicker but at 28 years old are you a long term prospect in the back row? yeah no and whether Dean right there or wrongly has moved him on going to Leeds at this point in time and securing his future on the flip side for all the other people freaking out is the best decision for Reese Martin Reese Martin will go over there and play for plenty of years I reckon. and uh, Leeds can definitely use some quality players and the Broncos, they have tabled Matt Lodge and Panga Pangai a massive $4 million package deal to keep them together. The Broncos, I heard yesterday that reportedly Lodge's price was bumped up. The Eels got involved in a bit of a bidding war. Then the Warriors came in late. Obviously, O'Sullivan, Peter O'Sullivan, the recruit manager at the Warriors, his daughter is married or the partner of Matt Lodge. Mm. They apparently come in heavy, which pushed the price up to close to 750000 Whether the Broncos are going to pay him that or not, uh, that was the kind of money the Warriors were willing to offer for Matt Lodge. To be the pen guy, I blew up earlier in the year saying how people think he's worth $1 million as a joke. Sure enough, that price is no longer what anyone's talking about, but the Broncos are apparently going to offer a deal of around 650000 Wow, a year. So those two looking to get locked up. And, uh, yeah, that's all the gossip this week from Misty Gossip. But moving on to our tips and our bets brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. Unfortunately, last week, Brock, both our best bets went down. I had Sherry to score and the Sharks to win. Sharks obviously shit the bed, and Sherry got pushed under the wing in a bit of a reshuffle. And I had the Raiders 1-12, to who, after leading 16-0, lost that one by six. Super. So, on yours, you had Turbo to score, Manly to win. Tommy, unfortunately, didn't score, but Manly won that game. He's the quite... only fucking player not the. <laughs> yeah. And you had the Fox to score and the Storm to win. Oh. He, he gave an assist for Pappenhausen, but he didn't grab one. The Fox... No. So. You picked the two winners, but no try scorer yeah, And correct. I picked two losers. So. Super. Doing good. Doing real good. In the mm. tips, uh, you got five, I got four, and Gossip, he got six. He's fought back. Good so on. the standings, you're on 67, and we are both on 66. We have no player lists, obviously, because it's a Monday. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to have to tip this short round. The first game is the Melbourne Storm up against the Dragons. I think this one's at Wollongong on the Thursday night. Corey Norman coming out of that side now with Ben Hunt, Paul Vaughan, Frizzell and Sims, obviously now takes both their halves out and three key players. Melbourne, regardless of missing six players, is still going to have Cameron Smith, Jesse Bromwich, Nelson, Asafa Solomona. Uh, You've got Brandon Smith, Jerome Hughes should be back this week, Pappenhausen. I think it'd be safe to say that Melbourne probably still have a bit more stability than the Dragons, so I'm going to be tipping the Storm. Storm. Mr. Gossips tipping the Storm or some of the Pro Sports Syndicate. They're $1.54 favorite, $2.40 for the Dragons, minus 4.5. The line there, 1-12 Storm, two eighty-five, dollars $3.70 for the Dragons. $13 plus $3 for the Storm, $6.25 for the Dragons. Friday Night Football, West Tigers up against the Sydney Roosters. The West Tigers only missing one player in Moses Mbai, So that puts them in a pretty good position here. Again, up against one of the top sides, The Roosters. Obviously, got a heavy uh, representation. You've got Boyd Cordner going out of the side. You've got James Tedesco going out of the side also. Um, there's one or two others off the top of my head right now that I can't really think of just because what time of the night it is. But I think the most important thing was the mail today was that Luke Keary and Jake Friend could both be back this week, as well as Satili Tupanua, who was injured last week, and Jared Royer-Hargage with a hamstring injury. So, if you put back in Toki Aho with Re Hargrove, Satili Tupanua, Nat butcher has been doing a good job. Uh, those guys with Kiri, Kronk, and Friend, they'll find a way to patch up the rest of the back line. This will be a tough game for the Tigers. But if Jake Friend and Luke Kiri don't play,
0: yeah. this is the problem. With the I, I'd finals. lean it to the Tigers, but no, I'm going to go the Roosters.
1: Yeah. Well, I, t- I wrote Tigers originally, then I read that before, and then I wrote down yeah, the Roosters. Mm. But again... More what you're saying. I'm going to tip the Roosters, only off the mail I got today, that Friend and Kiri are back. But if those guys aren't playing, this is one for the Tigers as a must win. And they should win. Mm. But yet to see how that's going to pan out. Mr. Gossip, he's going to tip the Roosters as well. So clean sweep on the Chookies in that one. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, they're $1.64 favourites against the Tigers at two twenty. Minus three and a half is the line. 1-12 to 12 Tigers, 340, 285 for the Roosters. 13-plus Tigers, $6, 330 for the Roosters. Knights versus the Warriors. Uh, again, a complicated one on the Warriors side of things. They're probably going to have similar side to last week, minus Nathaniel Roach, who apparently has done his ACL. Yeah, so he's he was had,
0: crying on the bench.
1: He's had terrible luck, Nathaniel Roach. He's a hell of a talented player, and he's lightning at a dummy half, but he's had knee issues. He had a back problem. Uh-huh. He's, he's had a horrible run. He's one of these guys that we talk about who... Could be a very, very handy first grader, but you just you just never know if they never get healthy. On the night side of things, we don't know what's gonna happen with Clemmer. is obviously ruled out and Pierce is there. Glasby's going into camp, so they're potentially gonna be in Safi. So potentially missing both their front rowers, another forward and Kalen Ponga. It's a tough ask. It is at Newcastle, but I'm going to tip the Warriors with no confidence.
0: But I'm going to tip the Knights. I'm
1: assuming, though, that Sims gets suspended and Clemmer goes in, which means they're missing those three plays plus Ponga. But at home, you know they're going to give a whole I'm lot of to, I'm just going to keep tipping Newcastle. I don't blame you. And Mr. Goss with you, and I'll probably get burned on the Warriors, but I'll stick with them. With the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.65, favourite of the Knights. At home, $2.20 for the Warriors, minus three and a half the line. one to 12 285 dollars for the Knights, $3.40 for the Warriors. 13 plus, $3.30 for the Knights, $6.00. For the Warriors, in the last game of the short round, the Cronulla Sharks versus the Brisbane Broncos. The Broncos, uh, you know, they've got a fair origin representation. Obviously missing some players there. Then to hear that Anthony Milford today is possibly out with a knee injury. That's obviously going to hurt them as well. So you're looking at a fair reshuffle. Richie Canna, who filled in last week as well, is now going to be missing for a period of time. So they're looking at debutants in a few places. Darius Boyd's probably going to have to play in the halves again with Sean O'Sullivan. I think Reese Kennedy will probably have to come onto the bench this week to help out with some of the forward rotation with David Feeder and Matt Gillette missing. Someone else is going to have to push into that back row spot to start. And then the back line. You'd think Xavier Coates now being upgraded. I'm hearing murmurs that he's going to get a debut this week, the 18-year-old now that Oates and Kenner are both going to be up. Hmm. And possibly even Herbie Farnsworth, who I mentioned before, the young Pommy kid who's uh, been playing... Queensland Ready? Cup as a 19-year-old. He apparently had to deal with Manchester United when I mean, he was like 10, 11 years old. But Shit. he's over here playing rugby league now. So uh, right.
0: I'll be tipping the Sharks. Yeah,
1: Sharks, the only player who's out is Wade Graham, isn't it? Because Morris wasn't picked after yep. game one.
0: Yep.
1: So Wade Graham, there's an opportunity,
0: most of the season without him anyway.
1: Yeah, you'd have to think the Sharks get this one done and after last week. I'm sure they'll be plenty fired up after John Morris gave a bit of a spray. Interested to see what lineup they'd pick tomorrow, but yeah, they need to turn things around this week. Clean sweep again by all three of us and Mr. Gossip on board as well and with the Pro Sports Syndicate. $1.32 favorite the Sharks, $3.30 the Broncos, minus nine and a half the line. $1 to 12 Sharks, $3.475 for the Broncos. 13 plus $2.20 for the Sharks. $9 for the Broncos. And a big thank you to the Pro Sports Syndicate. Keep your eyes out for their best bets and the package. Sign up to that. Get on board with those tips. And if you don't get a profit return on the year, you get the package for free next year. Three from four with their line bets this week, including their best bet of Manly minus four and a half. Keep your eyes out for their best bet. But Brock, back on Monday. Origin preview in depth, as always. Yep. Ahead of the big decider, game three and uh, we'll we re- uh, preview the round ahead even though we won't really know what's going on but as we do and then the week after back to normal schedule full steam ahead heading towards the finals
0: mm. bring it on
1: there you go big thank you to the Penrith Soul Centre and the Pro Sports Centre and most importantly big thank you to everyone that listens to the show thank you for your questions and remember I've said it a hundred times before but I'll say it again now help us out Help us out, jump onto iTunes, rate, review the show, give us the five stars, give us a good write up. If you love the show, if you support us, if you listen on iTunes, please get behind us, support us. Uh, That stuff means the world to us to get your support and boost us up on that side of things. It'd be much appreciated. But for now, the last thing left for you to do is enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?